Mofax with Adam Curry for May 4th, 2022. This is episode number 80. And concerning today's date, May the 4th be with you. I'm Adam Curry coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country in FEMA region number six. And it's time once again to spin the wheel of topics from here to Northern Virginia. Please say hello to my friend on the other end, the ever unimitable. I'm trying to fill up the space because I know it'll sound really cool if I can stretch it all the way. Yes, please say hello to the one and only Mr. Mo Fax. How you doing, Adam? <laughs> Good. That was the freakiest DJ intro I've ever done. Uh, you landed it. Yeah. <laughs> Had to hit that post, brother. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, well, good. I'm, you know, we're trying to get back on schedule here. Um, uh, all kinds of things got in the way. Travel. Um, you know, I had a um, like an internment for my dad in New York, and so things just got all twisted around. You had um, like severe allergies. Anyway, no one needs to hear all that crap. We're here, and we're ready to bring you the value that is Mo Facts with Adam Curry, and. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I usually I have no idea what it's about, but you know I do see the the clip list. I'm like, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> it's um it's gonna be an interesting ride as always, and um I guess we can go ahead and get right to the wheel. Yeah. Well, let's uh, go ahead and spin it. Let's uh, see this uh, wheel of topics round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. What will we be talking about on Mo Facts with Adam Curry for episode number eighty? Well, Mo knows because he chose it for us expertly. People are dying because of misinformation. Yeah, people are dying because of misinformation. Yes. Misinformation. Yes. Disinformation. Mm-hmm. We're seeing huge information uh, platforms <laughs> change hands. Yeah. Um, it looks like one political party is on the full attack or even not even the party. It's the. The two wings, right? The one what we were talking about before, the pizza party, and uh, and, and and MAGA, and there's a new wing, I guess, a MAGA called Dark MAGA. So we might even talk about that. But well, I haven't heard uh, of the official Dark MAGA wing. Oh yeah, I, I, I will say this: caution, whoever using that term, it could be another like you know thing they loop you into. Just just to say that, you know, you know how I feel about groups. Yeah, alert, warning, danger, Will Robinson. Pay attention. (laughs) You never know what could be behind the curtain. Exactly. So I guess the main thing we got to get into is Elon. Yay. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has reached a deal to buy Twitter for about $44 billion. Regulators and shareholders still need to approve the sale before it can go through. But Musk is on track to own the social media giant sometime this year. So for more on the sale, we want to bring in uh, Dan Patterson to join us to give us a little more clarification. So, Dan, great seeing you. Um, Twitter sort of resisted Musk's earlier attempts to buy the platform, though I guess when no one else is asking you to dance because i don't think there were any other people yeah, really nobody else came and in this no was pretty white much it. it's hard to resist um what happened why did things change i didn't even know twitter for, was for sale hey it's good to see you both uh look in a word uh money uh so twitter's board and and other executives close to the firm uh and appeared last week to kind of rebuff musk's 
uh, offer. But that's what happens in public. What happens in private, very different story. Uh, look, there just wasn't competition. There weren't a lot of other suitors here. There's talk for a brief period of time that maybe Cisco would step in or another very wealthy individual. That all seemed to be a lot of noise. There just was no one else with the capital uh, and the desire to buy Twitter uh, like Elon Musk, uh, much like the real world. Uh, when it comes to buying Twitter, uh, Elon had very few peers. Well, I'm not sure. Would you like my opinion of Elon Musk now or later? I have, I have to let people know I haven't listened to the No Jenna show just for this reason. So I don't know how you feel about the whole Twitter thing, how, how it was received by the, you know, the two wings. Uh, so this is all new to me. Oh, you, good. You can- <laughs> good. Well, because I have my story much tighter now. So good. Um, okay. All right. Um, what did you make of this purchase? Well, the purchase is not complete. Uh, the purchase will be complete, has to be completed before October 24th. And, uh, and that's what I find most interesting where there have been seemingly some changes already to things happening or people being let back on, even though this is, the purchase is not done. There's a breakup fee on both sides. Um, if Elon uh, can't, uh, or if he walks away, uh, there's a billion dollar breakup fee. If Twitter goes with another suitor, uh, then uh, they would also pay a billion dollar breakup fee. Um, so knowing how these things go and that now due diligence is taking place, I'm of the opinion that all these extra followers people saw were bots that were uh, let you know um, unbanned, un, un, well, un, no unbanned in order to show. Uh, in due diligence that they have the number of users that they uh, claim they do. Um, mm-hmm. So I see that a lot more pragmatically. Now, about Elon Musk himself, I've been very vocal. I think he's the Kim Kardashian of tech. Uh, he is not an inventor. He is not uh, that brilliant. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he does have a whole vibe which works, works really well with money raising, and particularly when you're working with government. All of his business is either subsidized directly or paid for uh, through invoice by the, by the U.S. government. Um, I, he is, a, you know, Skylink is clearly a military project. So I only see a gain for him, uh, by having Twitter, not for, um, the advertising model that it kind of is doing now poorly, uh, but for the value of, of how he will fix Twitter, which is very simple. He okay. will force everyone to, uh, authenticate and verify themselves. With your driver's license, social security number, whatever will be required, a, you know, so-called KYC, know your customer, mm-hmm. um, and that is how you combat bots, and that is how you uh, at least bring a conversation back into civil dis- discourse. Because you know, if you slander someone, then your name is known, and you can be reported, and you can get into trouble. Now, this will, and this was my prediction from early on, this will ruin Twitter. <laughs> so Elon Musk will ruin Twitter no matter what. But the platform will become a part of the the grid that is, that the U.S. government is spinning around uh, its citizens and the globe. I find it fascinating that the guy that the so-called anti-establishment party is going to save him is the guy that wanted to put chips in your brain. Like that, that in <laughs> I didn't even get to that. I didn't even yeah, get no, to that no, part of it. I'm, I'm just saying, just notice how weird this is. They think the savior is the guy that wants to put a chip in your brain. 
Now he says voluntarily, but still, I yeah. just found that fascinating. That <laughs> how yeah. that you know the anti-establishment party is looking for a multi-billionaire to save him, and that guy just so happens uh, has you know the the brain chips and the. But there's also predictive the, programming yeah. at play here, Mo. You know the whole Iron Man, the you know the exactly. Stark, That's my point. Yeah, you know all of that is it's predictive programming. It feels good. It's enhanced and it's. Uh, and I, you know, I got to tell you, there's something magical about um, fame and power and uh, certainly wealth. You know, he is touted as the richest man in the world. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but that's mm, of kind of how we seen. And, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, I'll, and, and, I'll t- and, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this, because I was uh, on the way to get a box fan at Walmart, of all places. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving, Fox News, I usually scan between different things, but Fox News cuts off Sheila Jackson Lee, which normally I'm like, Sheila Jackson Lee is pretty annoying. But, you know, mm-hmm. she was talking about some relevant stuff. Um, and they, they're hurrying her along. Okay, we got to go, we got to go. Why? Because they had to switch to Amber Heard's testimony against Johnny Depp. And, right. and But they went uninterrupted, no commercial. I sat in the parking lot for 20 minutes. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there like, and I'm realizing that, wow, this is, incredible who gives a crap about these two people compared to even sheila jackson lee has something more relevant to a news channel but i also caught myself saying this is riveting i love listening to this this is fantastic that's exactly why they switch they understand yes the and that they get it and that's and, it. and that's what elon musk brings to the table he brings some of that mystique that anybody can re- get wrapped up in so I guess let's go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll unveil what I think about the whole situation. But um, oh, I got to do it in three minutes, and you're going to take uh, three hours with clips. Yeah, okay, exactly. all right, Mo, way, way to go, <laughs> no, man. No. I, I brought um, a, a knife and a, a rubber knife and a compass to a gunfight here. Let, let's see. Uh, <laughs> so the funny thing I found was that once on the other side, the people that's anti-billionaires started begging for this quote-unquote white knight yeah. to come save the precious Twitter. And it was so disgusting to hear these people like, oh, there's got to be somebody. They got, you know, they were just, just putting all yep. kind of pressure. Yeah. I thought who would step in, I'm just telling you who, who I, I thought may have stepped in, uh, is uh, the guy from the Mavs. Um, was, what is his name? I just drew a blank. The player uh, from the Mavericks? No, 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 no. The owner. Um, oh, uh, uh, Cuban? The Democratic Trump. Yeah, Cuban. <laughs> He's Democratic. like the Democratic <laughs> Trump. Um, so... I thought he would might step in. I don't think he has that kind of money, though, but I, I thought he would be the perfect guy to step in. One like, other thing that night. really irritates me, this makes no sense that no one else is even making an offer. I mean, th- it, it would complete so it's, many businesses, complete profile, LinkedIn. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many different companies that would, they would they could totally make it work in their current business model, but no one's stepping up, and that's telling to me. And let's just go ahead and get into number three so we can hear those people begging. Uh, This is uh, Jim Cramer. Wide range of opinion about what's going on. Right. Now, best and final means no negotiation. Well, uh, Brett Taylor represents the shareholders. He can't do that. You can't just say, hey, you know what? We'll take it. You, you can't. That's not fair to the shareholders. And I think we keep in all the coverage this morning. I've not heard about the shareholders needing protection from Elon. He can't steal the company. Even if he has a, thinks he has a better idea, that doesn't get him uh, 
to be able to take the company. So I've left out, is, I'd like to ask David, because I think this is really important. David, there's a fiduciary duty yeah. to the board. And they cannot abdicate yep. just because they got a best and final deal. This is not a piece of real. He's not buying a house here. Uh, Jim, I think you're, you're right on the key. Uh, the key question that's come up any number of times already in the calls that I've had this morning. Best and final. The use of that term, which we rarely, if ever, see, certainly in an unsolicited bid of this nature and the initial unsolicited bid. You know, you use this term in the U.K. and you're stuck with it. That's it. Here, of course, given it's Musk in particular, there is a level of unpredictability that we all know is quite high. Well, I don't think this board is taking that short term review. I, I, by the way, David, if I were if I were advising this board, I would say there may be personal liability if they agree to this. This is one of those where they literally are not doing their job. There's no fiduciary responsibility if they just say, you know what, we take it. David, that opens them up. And you remember, there are times when individual individual directors are opened up for a, a level of uh, lack of fiduciary that I think crosses the line. This crosses the line. Yeah, and Carl, it's erratic. It's erratic behavior. It's not what people expect. That's a serious board. It's not a hack board. A lot of people felt that he controlled his own board. Maybe he thinks that that's what they've got here. Uh, they have no choice but to reject it. I, I think they can say, look, we're open to all offers. But beyond that, Carl, if they say we accept, they're phony. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I Jimmy. I've never heard this, this amount of begging. And, and, and what, what adds to the bizarreness of it is that the money guys don't want to make money. Everybody, everybody stand like to walk out and saying, walk away from this deal like fat cats. But they're telling, no, it's against your, it's against your, you know, um, basically morals to sell to him. Don't make money. It, you just heard it with Jim Cramer. And so, right. Well, that, uh, so there you're seeing the, you know, different agendas. One would be, and that's all. And I think this board is probably very political. Um, I, I know of a few people who are on the Twitter board. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is without a doubt um, the megaphone uh, of the world. It's where you can gain traction. It's where you can get, you know, where you can get stuff done, where you can, uh, you know, influence elections. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But that's why it's so tr- truly unbelievable, as, as in I cannot, I almost cannot believe that no one else wanted to buy this for that reason and that reason alone. I don't think it's as valuable to them as it is to him. That's why he put such a big number on it. Because the way I look at it is, if they buy it, they're just going to run it the same way it is. With him buying it, it, you know, he 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 can take the counter narrative. You know, it's like yeah, he's see, capturing again, I, a see, major one of their pieces, but it's not worth them to save it. Well, it's so a, it's a it's a weird paradigm. So. So I'm just going to state again, I don't believe that Elon Musk gives a crap what it's being used for other than you don't you don't think so. No, he no, I do not believe he is Mr. Free Speech and I'm going to equalize the world. Oh, no, I don't believe that at all. That's not his motivation. You're going to make me see you're going to make me jump out of order just because of this. Um, Let's go down to number five. Let me explain. I think Twitter is the AP. Well, I agree with Twitter you. Twitter is the news machine. It's I what agree. Generates news. I agree. And he now he has his hand on that button to say, "I can control whatever I want to be pushed." 
It's it's very it's a he can to me he can, but I don't believe that's why he's buying it. That's I don't think that's the reason. I think that's exactly why he's buying it. <laughs> and, and like I said, it, it was no number big enough. Like right now, he when he goes to negotiate, like is Trump coming back? Yes or no? Is you know what could be talked about? And just think, we got the whole COVID nineteen thing. Nobody wants to talk about that. I, I've heard nobody talk about. Once they let people get back on there that will talk about COVID and can talk about it freely, because remember that was the whole point of oh Mo, people. no Mo, he he will. Everyone will be uh, will be allowed to speak freely. Mm-hmm. You will be able to say whatever you want. Anybody, Trump won't come back. Guaranteed, he's not going to come back. He knows what's up. He know, he knows what this is about. He's not going to come. I don't back. think he wanted to come back anyway. I mean, so I mean, because it would kind of shoot his what he's trying to do in this in the. And that's as far as I'm concerned. That's a failed idea he has over there. Yeah, I'm just saying he he can't. You no, know, he it's fa- it, it failed. No, it failed. It failed, and he's incorrect because look, uh, uh, Tina is she loves all this stuff. So she and mm. she she is my my canary in the Twitter coal mine, and so she finally gets on Truth Social. Uh, and she logs in, and then you know, and so there's a lot of people on there, but. Uh, it's still a problem onboarding. It's iOS only, et cetera, et cetera. And I say, so what do you think? He says, it's boring. I said, why is it boring? He says, because there's no no libtards to fight with. Exactly. Exactly. I can't. That's the whole point. No, I know. That's the whole point of wanting this. What I'm saying is that will be allowed, but it's not going to be the same because it will be MoFax and Twitter, it will know your real name, where you live, will know how to send l- lawsuits, uh, tort, uh, libel, slander, all of that, that to you. He is an idiot. That's if what he he's going to he is. He's, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. If he, if he takes that model, because Twitter's not broken. That's the thing about it. Twitter's not, it's not broken. My literal words, perfectly. Mo, my literal yeah. words, he's going to break Twitter. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> If he does that, then he he is not right at all. I mean, because it works perfect for the exact reason you said. It's like the battleground. Mm-hmm. It's the turf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, in in. If I'm thinking he's smarter than me, then I would say okay. He understands like he controls all the knobs now on what the conversations can be, and that's why everybody was losing their crap in the media. It was all about now is because let's go ahead and go to the number five and right. listen how the AP is structured. And then we will un, probably un, better understand what, how I see him uh, utilizing Twitter. And our reporters are, are traditional reporters in the sense that they want to come up with stories that a lot of people are going to read. Um, but sometimes we're, we're giving you stories that are important and, and relevant that aren't necessarily big traffic drivers. And so the reporters at AP, I think, have, the, have, the, have a little bit of a, a barrier, a cushion between them and um, you know, someone who's saying, you need to come up with a bunch of stories that, that generate clicks or you know, you're out of here. Um, 
I think that's uh, that's one way that we benefit from the AP structure, where we are providing news content to to clients like Yahoo News and the Huffington Post and others. It's uh, it's a big sort of growing er area of it's the fastest growing area of revenue generation um, for AP. The um, serving serving these digital clients, um, so I think that that it helps that we are we are a B two B in that way. Yep, that's how I see him using Twitter. Is being you know what I'm saying putting AP out of business because he'll be able to control whatever stories surface, and by him being able to do that, then he okay everybody is beholden to him. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I just have a different opinion, but I'm I'm open to to listening to to your argument. Yeah, and, and we gotta look at all the political implications. So I just wanted to lay that out. That's how I see him. How he value um, value the company when he got to his number, and I think forty four billion dollars is kind of cheap to be able to control the narrative because, as we know, if we watch local news, that's where the memes make it jump off the internet and make it to the local news. That's a successful uh, rollout of a, of a narrative. You know, that's the, that's the goal to make it to local news in that 30 minute <laughs> block that they have you know, in the afternoon or in the morning. And he controls the source of where all you, you even used to talk about this, how they only go on social media to look for stories to talk about. And that's, that's it. So he really controls. I mean, the American media or a good portion of it. Now it might sound hyper. You're saying like, um, what hyperbolic? But no. If if it was left the same, yeah. Look at lives. Look at lives of TikTok. No, like, right, I mean, right now, right now, Twitter <laughs> controls all messaging and all memes. We know this. We know that uh, now. In hindsight, of course, we have confirmation that the Hunter Biden laptop was real, and that contributed to an. Uh, Possibly the changing of, of an outcome of a general election in the United States. So absolutely, and he has that power. Well, he does. So he doesn't have it. He doesn't have <laughs> no, no, it. No, yet. no, no. What I'm saying, okay, if, if the deal closes now, now I'm with you on this. I'm not. You know how I am. I'm very skeptical. So I, I won't. It's kind of like uh, what's it called? Uh, Brexit <laughs> mm -hmm. or things like that. It's like I won't believe it. To you're saying that it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying what he, how he value the company. I think that's how you looked at it because if you can flip that switch, I mean, we have, we just talked about Pizzagate, what it did for 2016 on the last show, right? I mean, if, if you let these memes really flow, it's very dangerous. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, so let's go ahead and get into um, four. We'll stop at. We, we know we, yeah, we stopped it. Yeah, four. Let's go back to four now. So, Dan, help me understand. Um, what does Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter mean for the platform? And, and you know, it's interesting to me. I know that there are people on, that there are conservatives and Republicans who are celebrating this, and there are liberals and people on the left who are, you know, running around scared out of their minds about what this could potentially mean. I find that fascinating because, as, as Kara Swisher pointed out on CBS Mornings this morning, um, the majority of people are not on Twitter. As I've been saying for a 
long time now. I only know people that are in D.C. or in the media bubble or mm -hmm. people who like to make a lot of noise that are on Twitter. I don't know anyone in my family. And I have a lot. I have teen. I, you know, my nephews are teen boys, you know, preteens and, and, you know, about to go to college. They're not on Twitter. They think it's for old people and, and insiders. So so explain to me the strategy here and why you see the consternation or the exuberation from some in the political sphere. Glad Twitter is for old people and insiders. Look, that's the reality. Uh, Twitter is not the largest social network in the world, but it is, uh, at least in our world, it's the most influential. It's the most important social network. What Musk really bought was, uh, just like we had a celebrity president, now we have celebrity CEOs. He really bought himself influence and power. Uh, so it doesn't really matter that Twitter isn't the biggest social network in the world. That's not what the competition is. The competition that Elon is in, uh, is for influence. It's for power. It, it is to make himself uh, the most buzzy CEO in the world. And he did that by buying Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be a general <laughs> consensus. Like he, he, you know, also, he was bored. He had nothing to do. He wanted to do that. He put, he put some of his you know, Tesla in some light to moderate risk by doing this financing, you know. And, and not only that, but just the reputation. Reputational risk, saying, yeah. Right. I think it's if somebody you're saying comes out with another EV, the government, you know, will be willing to work with them more than Elon. Yeah, especially and, since he's a non like, okay, guy. we're the anti we're the anti Tesla. Mm -hmm. who's you're saying look who's and it's all about narrative, right? Well look, look who I'm saying uh makes your car. But also you know, and, but, and, and I think he opens itself up to that um also, threat. Uh, the European Union uh, is in the process, which you never know exactly how it works, but it's, I guess it's kind of already there, the, uh, of passing the Digital Services Act. And they have made very mm -hmm. clear that, oh, under Elon Musk, don't worry, man, we're going to cut you off. There'll be no Twitter in Europe if, if you don't uh, follow our rules. So there's all kinds of things that are going to make life very difficult for him, which, again, leads me to not believe that this is about a power play for him. I have a clip that I did not, that I played on no agenda. John couldn't mm. hear it, so I stopped it. I want to play it for you. See if you can okay. hear it. This is Jack Dorsey. It was a big conference, a Twitter conference, and he dials in Elon on video conference. And, you know, first he makes a joke like, uh, if you, you know, he's like, he said, hey, Elon, hey, Elon, how you doing? If you were running Twitter, he says, would you like to run Twitter? And, you know, joke, joke, joke. Because this is from 2017 or something, or 2019, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, and then Elon is very clear what he would do to fix Twitter. And, I'll, and hopefully you'll be able to hear it. You might have to adjust your, your volume, okay. your volume and stuff. Here we go. Was, um, give us some direct feedback, critique. What are we doing poorly? What could we be doing better? And what's your hope for our potential as a, as a service? If you now, can you hear that? Yeah, he said, um, like, he, he basically wants to critique yeah, how okay. they could be better. Yeah, okay, exactly. Okay, here we go. You're running Twitter. By the way, do you want to run Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? I, I think it would be helpful to differentiate between real uh, and, you know, like, is this a real, a verified, like, a real, not just like a verified team, but, like, is this a real person or is it a, a botnet or a, a sort of troll army or something like that? Um, 
so maybe that's like you said, what are the comments from basically how do you tell if the feedback is is real or someone trying to manipulate the system or, or probably real or probably trying to manipulate the system? So some way to differentiate between uh, this is this is a a, a real person versus a um, you know, someone trying to just uh, gain a game in the system. So <clears throat> I don't know if you could hear that, but what he he keeps coming back to the same he, he thing. You can't tell who's real or not. Yeah, he says if you this, his fix, and it's a real fix. Mm-hmm. It is is to you know, hey, look. Twitter already has the verified badge, right? So now everybody will have to be verified, and when you log in, you will have to authenticate, and you'll have to authenticate you know in some manner that shows it's not your secretary or your brother or. You know, an imposter, but it's really you. And that will remove 95% of all the problems of Twitter. And I think right. it removes 85% of the fun. I was about to say that because if everybody gets a blue badge, then exactly what, what, what good is happening? Get, you the know, game is over. You remove the, the, how do we get this blue check kicked off Twitter? I mean, that's the game. That is the game. Or how do, how far, how tough am how, I? How know, far like, can you know, I go? Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But, I think that. So let, but for purposes of your preparation, uh, I'm I'm willing to go with any theory at this point. Okay, no, so I'm so I guess we need to get into the four uh, A free speech. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. There is almost no more contested phrase in America than free speech. In fact, freedom of speech has been, well, contested for millennia since the ancient Greeks first introduced the concept, at least in the Western canon, 2,500 years ago. And of course, the First Amendment to our Constitution protects freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and in practice, well, it gets pretty complicated. As legendary reporter A.J. Leibling wrote in the New Yorker 1960, quote, freedom of the press is guaranteed only to those who own one. Pretty smart thing to say. It carried on through <laughs> the decades because we are now seeing that exact principle play out before us. This active desire to own a press, to control freedom of the press, from some of the right, to control who gets to speak and how under the guise of free speech. That is what the celebration of billionaire Elon Musk buying Twitter is all about. Twitter. It's in Elon Musk's hands. Can you believe it? Count this one as a victory for free speech. And he may, in fact, save the town square. It could turn out to be a pivot point in our history. Elon Musk believes in free speech. He thinks everyone should be allowed to talk. People should be free to say what they want to say without just being shut down, silenced, and canceled just because it doesn't fit, what, their far-left narrative. They want everyone to be free to say what they want to say. Even if, in the case of Donald Trump, they use the platform to incite a deadly riot, like Trump did before he got kicked off Twitter. But okay, fine. Yeah, this is, I love I love all these uh, examples and uh, and this poo pooing of the concept of free speech. By, right. <laughs> uh, certainly on uh, you know left leftist media is really funny, and then the and the exuberance and the overjoyed nature of of right wing. Oh, it's Elon saving uh, Joe Rogan. We had an orgasm. He's like, "Oh, Elon, he's gonna save us!" Like, "Oh my!" And and, I, <clears throat> and Joe's a buddy. Two, I gotta two, call him out camps. on that. I gotta it's, I, I gotta call Joe out on that. It's, it's two camps on, on the, and I'll just say the anti-democratic side or anti-liberal side is that one camp is just they're happy to see Twitter not 
they're happy to see people so upset over the acquisition of Twitter or the potential acquisition of Twitter. And they don't really believe in Elon themselves, but it's like, yes. You know what I'm oh, it's, it's a like, part, it's like, a part like, of the I'm, game. It's like, it's like you're playing uh, Call of Duty and all of a sudden they change the game in your, fa- in your team's favor. Right, and that's exactly the symbolism of it. Sure. Now, uh, but that's what makes it even more, more bizarre is the counter narratives that, that people are going against their own talking points. You know, um, everybody's ready to stop on a dime of growing their own, not, not say everybody, but the people that say, oh, we need to go build our own. We need to have our own. We need to have our own space where we can say what we want to say, right? <laughs> now that Elon's quote unquote captured that piece for them, they're ready. Oh, let's run back to Twitter. You know? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> Mastodon was up. Uh, Mastodon, uh, Usage increased mm-hmm. a lot with with a lot of uh, a lot of people who uh, are definitely leftist, which is yeah, kind of so. fun. But you know, it's like that that was exactly what they scoffed at <laughs> with right. with MAGA. You know, it's like, well, go build your own, then you fools go see if that yeah, works. And it, was, <laughs> and it doesn't. It doesn't work. I mean, that's the funny thing about it. It doesn't work. It won't work for right. It won't work for left. That's why I find it fascinating the whole this whole thing. So we got it. We keep keep the ball rolling. All right, we jumped over. We already did five. Um, the most important part about Twitter, Black Twitter, we had to talk about it. Um, this is the this is what showed the real how deep it went because like like maybe an hour after the the news broke, L.A. Times wrote an article talking about elon Musk, will elon Musk kill black twitter you know that kind of thing and that let me know how valuable this acquisition is or potential acquisition yeah, to, to to the 2020 2024 you you they as you know they build these uh political uh campaigns out years and years in advance mm-hmm. no, nobody accounted for it Twitter even being allowed to say some of the things that black people have been saying. This thing you you thought black Twitter represented not I mean like black thought or uh, the average person when they went on Twitter before you met somebody like me because <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm yes. not in black Twitter. I, I, I was they would never let me be there. I, I wasn't right? get, I wasn't getting any black Twitter. The algos were not showing it to me. They're like skip this guy. But you you got it second or third hand, so you would hear about it black Twitter in the media. Of course, so, yes. So it was even more sanitized. Yes, and, and, yes, and, and, it's true. So that's true. <laughs> but that's everybody thinks. So first, okay, let's go. Let's, let's go back. So we got Tiffany Cross here, and I'm using a lot of MSNBC for some reason. MSNBC, NBC took this the hardest. Do you know why? Do you do you have? <laughs> Is, they is took it the hardest why? for suckers. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, because they, they were really hurt. So yeah. we got Tiffany Cross here with Michael Harriet. Um, he's a, a white white peopleologist. Um, literally a go, white go to, a white peopleologist. Wait a minute, who? W, what's his w, name? Why peopleologist? So W Y P I P. Well, go to his um website. Website is Michael Harriet H A R R I O T. Michael Harriet. You think I'm kidding? And it said the definition of a uh, professional who has specialized specialized knowledge in the field of um, oh yeah, it's a world called. renowned wipologist, right? Uh, okay, what is a wipe? Let me just see what is this. Bull I think crap? it's people, pe- peopleologist. Let me white, see, <laughs> white peopleologist. 
Uh, like white people? Well, it's it's slang. <laughs> yeah, it's slang. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's a black person. So is it- yeah, black person who studies white people. Or white people. Yeah, yeah like so the, the official <laughs> definition on the website. I, mean, I had to set this up because so you can hear what, what you're hearing. That's very A funny. professional who has specialized knowledge in the field of Caucasian culture, including the political, economic, and social habits of white people in their history. Oh, I'm glad so, he knows me so well. I can't. I can't I, wait to hear what he what wait, he makes of me. Number six. Um, talk to me about what you think this means for Black Twitter now that Elon Musk has taken over the platform. Well, you know, I guess. We'll wait to see because we kind of don't even know if Elon Musk will really purchase Twitter. I mean, and, and, and I think <laughs> like when we're talking about like Twitter and social media in general, we have to remember that it's not just like black people are cool and that's why they run Twitter. Like, yeah. you know, first of all, like black people hold three of the nine patents that created the personal computer mm. and the cell phone. And so like our intellectual property is what drives these, you know, devices and the phenomenon of cultural media. And I don't think that, that Elon Musk can stop that because he needs those black voices. Twitter yeah. knows it. Twitter hire what is black Twitter without cre- us? Right. Yeah. And, and they hire black creatives to kind of drive it toward our yeah. content. So they know uh-huh. that the valuation of their company, because, you know, we can get into a conversation about how the valuation of all these companies yeah. just... Wait a minute. Did he say that Twitter was hiring black creators? Yes. yes. <laughs> black creatives to kind of drive it toward our yeah. content. So they know that the valuation of their company, because, you know... Hey! Yes. Where's our money? Where's our check, Twitter? No, 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 no. <laughs> this no. will never ever be popular. Let's, let's just be clear. I'm just kidding, Mo. I'm just kidding. No, no, okay. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just messing with you. About how the valuation of all these companies yeah. is just uh, some imaginary yes. numbers. That I say you're worth $3 million. Right, right. You know, yeah. But um, if it is worth something, yeah. then it is because of the of black Twitter or the black voices that drive social media. Yeah. And, you know, there are other communities on Twitter also, right. like the trans community uh, on Twitter, no. Latino community on Twitter, a lot of different communities on Twitter try to, you know, create movements there. Mm-hmm. You always got to tie it back in it, and that goes to show you, wherever Black Twitter goes, all those groups that she mm-hmm. listed after it, it's like that Black Twitter is the mama duck. Yeah. And, and, oh. and all the other little groups, the mama. trans, every other group like that has to stay, they have to all work together, because file of quote-unquote black twitter that's why i'm working i've 80 episodes already i've been working with you my only mission is to get black twitter to podcasting 2.0 that's all i'm in it for mo (laughs) (laughs) as you heard him say they hire people twitter hire they know yeah sadly sadly we don't have any money to hire anybody and just think me and you, our, what we do is not taking one side or the other. That'll never be popular, no matter what the platform is. Right. <laughs> it's why, true. It's true. Why, yeah, because so this like now, half the people are upset because you're not, you're saying, taking the, the hopium of, of Elon buying Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, and then the other half may be like, you know, it's all, you know, um, it's, just, it's, it's, like, it's really, it's really interesting in the past two mm-hmm. and a half years, because I, I do think I'm pretty much, I mean, I, my personal thinking is more conservative than liberal, uh, but you know, I I can I can objectively view things. It's just it's so often so obvious 
where where you know where things are where the right side is um but it, when it gets personal to someone everyone's always laughing until it gets personal you know so everybody was everyone laughs about all the jokes and covid and everything but then all of a sudden if it's about ukraine and i'm saying yeah okay we've seen this movie before you know in fact literally we see, i saw this in the video game and you know not all mm-hmm. not all of this is real then people are like Wait a minute! I'm in Finland. This is pretty close by. You know, Russia's right here, and you guys—that's not funny, man. That's not funny. So I'm used to that. that that's how mm-hmm. it goes. But luckily, a, a mature adult people uh, cool down and come back. And that's no place for Twitter. There's no not place at all. Twitter. Not There's at no all. Place for nope. Them. Nope. Twitter is the bar. Yeah. You know, you, you go. It's like you always wonder why all the games went to that one bar. It's like <laughs> yeah. have a bar fight. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's why you go there. You're saying to, to tear the club up. Yeah. And yes. That's, that's you, you want to go get some scalps, you know, and that's, that's both sides that, you know, the screenshot or somebody blocking you or, you know, that kind of thing. It just, it, just to even say it goes in my vernacular. It's, oh, a, he has me blocked it's a super fun game. Yeah. It really is. I, and, and my wife, she's good at it. I love watching her play the game and she knows she's playing the game. Especially when you get one hooked. When you get one hooked. In my former years, I was a, I said I was a legit, like back in t- like 20, yeah. pre-2016. Tw- you, uh, you were super troll. I was super troll. So when you get one hooked, it's, it's, it's no rush like it to see how many replies you can get out of. Uh, so, <laughs> I understand. I, it's, super it's, troll mode. I had no idea. But that's why Trump did it, right? Yeah. Or, you know, just the, this is what the screenshot is. This is what the, you know, what they call, quote unquote, the clapback. I mean, Which is why I can't is- understand why Trump doesn't see that this is a failed idea. What's that? It's a true social. No, that's the, that's the layer. That's that's where you go and compare scouts at after you understand after you come yeah, to but the it's, bar. Yeah, but it's not it's it's not what he wants. Yeah, I understand. It's the but you know yes exactly. But you know you can go back to four chan or Mastodon or whatever. You know, there's a lot of places you can go and look at your scalps. But the scalp looking place is not where the action is. And Trump no, Trump's yeah. needs he needs the action, and that's never going to get him the action that that he wants. That, it would never be the bar. No. It would never, it, no. It, yeah, you can never, you know, so, I mean, that, and that's where these little pocket things are going to be, you know, for true social, where mm-hmm. you can go back and show off your wares. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I got blocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Follow me at true social, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. and then you come back to Twitter. And then the great thing about it is now when you can, if he buys it and he uses it option, well, we might ban you, but not forever. So it's kind of, now it's like it's like a prison sentence. Yeah, you, you get it, yeah, so you yeah. can show your scar, you see, show your stripes. You get an it's extra like, yeah, life. You, no, you, get, you get an extra life. You can re-res. That's what right. that's what it is. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, oh, I can see all that. Yeah, totally. But all right, so, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, uh, so well, now we got to get into the background of, uh, of what Black Twitter is because, like I said, I've never my my brand of uh, thinking is not welcome there mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons and. It's a very, uh, um, you have, it's a, uh, well, let's just go ahead and get into it. And this is, I think, from PBS, Say It Loud. And this is uh, the reason why hashtag Black Twitter exists. And it's totally awesome. 
All right, everybody. We all just heard what happened in the news. We have a 60-second window to react before another thing happens in the news. <laughs> you create a hashtag that is scathing, culturally relevant, and hilarious all at the same time. You remix the footage so that it becomes a meme referenced more than the original source material. You patrol all news outlets so that when they speak of this day, they call us by name. And you get someone fired. Someone like, like, should I get on LinkedIn? You know what? I fire me. Yeah. Look, we'll give you a quick rundown, but we're not here to convince anyone that Black Twitter exists. If you know, you know. We want to explore why it exists and what happens both online and IRL when culture and connectivity collide. Stay woke. As far as Black Twitter's origins go, here's what we found. In February 2009, about three years after the platform's creation, the term first appeared in Google Search Volume Index. That just means that someone somewhere tried looking it up enough times that Google started tracking that particular search. In October 2009, Pew Research Center reported that Black Americans use Twitter more than the other demographics polled. And in November 2009, writer Corey Sika published a short blog post titled, What Were Black People Talking About on Twitter Last Night? In it, he revealed his obsession with the unique way Black users use hashtags. Obsession. Hmm. Obsession. And and I've always stated that I think we're the that's the va- the real value that we bring to America is the our influence on culture. I mean, you hear it in music, you hear see you're saying you see it hands in, down, like, pop. hands down, hands down, so, no argument. So that you take that and you can weapon around, weaponize that around, or utilize that around a hashtag. Look at ADOS. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I talk about ADOS, I always have to let people know that hashtag. And in in the power that it had, and seeing the Democratic Party stamp out, yeah, it was so powerful. It was so powerful they had to classify it as Russian bots, and that's the fear. Mm-hmm. And this is the fear that you hear from uh, from um, who was that? Tiffany um, Tiffany Cross and Michael Harriet. Right. This is the fear. It's like, oh, now we can't we can't silence all the black people. Just like you know. Um, if you want a real cross section of of quote unquote blackness, YouTube is a far better source than Twitter mm-hmm. because they control what hashtags. And I've seen it. I've seen hashtags be suppressed, and I've seen them be amplified. Um, and this is a great control mechanism when you talk about activating. Going back to politics mm-hmm. to activate, you know, look at Black Lives Matter. That was a hashtag. Mm-hmm. And would it, correct me if I'm wrong. But did hashtags exist before Twitter? No, hashtags were a, <clears throat> excuse me. I followed this very closely because I was mm-hmm. there. Hashtags were an invention by the users of Twitter. And uh, they just kept doing, you know, uh, hash mark, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, which I, I'm not quite sure who coined the term hashtag. Um, and that was just something users were doing. And then Twitter finally, it was like, I think it was two, well two years into it, and people were taking big ownership of the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the genesis of Twitter, which is not often discussed, but it was very open. Any developer could go in and create an app or create a different version or, you know, you had uh, these scheduling things. 
<clears throat> which you can still use today, but you know you could view Twitter in a different way. Just oh, it was really an interesting platform. So people took ownership, and then when the hashtag was finally recognized by <clears throat> by Twitter itself, and then they you know made it searchable by hashtag, etc. Um, that was you know that was kind of a very cool community thing that that Twitter had done, recognizing that the users had contributed to the platform and built that out. It was it was quite astonishing. And it's still, and you got to remember, like, I, this is how, like, old I am in a way, but I look at a hashtag and I still see pound sign. Yeah, of course. And I, like, <laughs> I don't think kids or young adults understand that. Like, I mean, because, like, that was one of the symbols on the phone. Yes. Uh, itself. So Bo- bottom right. How, <laughs> bottom right touchstone it, pad. Yeah. So how, how ingrained it is, we talk about memes and, you know, symbolism. That you know, that's ingrained in us. So there were there were jokes at the time. I recall comedians making jokes about you know how the pound sign had been transformed to the hashtag. Yeah, I can't tell any of the jokes, but that's how um, culturally significant it was. This change Mm. was creation, and and for they're saying the quote unquote black community, and it allowed what they call. See, black Twitter is not a place. It's not really a thing. It's like an energy. You know what I'm saying? If something's going on and everybody, and it's kind of like what Versus was. You remember Versus? Of course. You know, now everybody was locked in. It was COVID. They said, okay, let's take some of our old, I'm saying older black celebrities and let them have like a competition. And how natural it was. No, nobody said, okay, we, no, a big rollout for Versus. You know, you didn't see it on television shows or, you know, uh, TV ads or radio ads. It was just kind of like, oh, it's a thing. Oh, they, oh, oh well, it, a thing. If, if I may analyze from afar, mm-hmm. um, uh, black America has always communicated through media and yes. uh, hip hop. Of course, you know, that that was black CNN and, and mm-hmm. it was obvious. So, you know, MTV played a role in that. But really, it was it was more the uh, the original uh, rap battles on the street. Uh, it was you know, uh, cassette tapes, passing them around, playing the shit loud in the car. Uh, you know, gang culture plays into that. But but communication, since it's always been um, uh, underrepresented in the media landscape, communication has always gone through self-invented means. Uh, you and, had to and, use the existing infrastructure. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, whatever there the is. Telephone, it's yes, like, yes, exactly. You party like, line from party lines yeah, to, to cassette tapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know this really well. Uh, and then they would mix the two together when you put the telephone with the radio. Yeah, that way the callers could call in and get you know get the response. And, oh my God! Saturday night or Friday night, everyone listening in their car. And it's like. Right. Hot 97. Hey, Shaniqua. Hey, Shaniqua. How you doing? You know, and we're just out here. You know, right. it's totally, it's a total feedback loop. Very. Even a shout out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, 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 shout out. The term shout out by <laughs> itself was invented during the, or uh, was popularized during the area uh, era of Arsenio Hall, I think. Right. Shout outs. And in the house, <laughs> these so, types of things. So that's this black Twitter people may say, oh, what blah, no, oh, that's just, it's not non important. No, because if you run afoul of that energy, you can get canceled very fast. That's why George Floyd was such a thing, because you had this image, you had this video, and then they were able to, you know, channel that energy successfully. And they ran it into the hashtag Black Lives Matter. 
you know, that hashtag was sitting there kind of dormant uh, in that in-between time. But that that energy that was got behind the whole George Floyd thing was channeled through Black Lives Matter and gave it life again. So, and if don't become a hashtag, that's the thing. It's like, that's the actual <laughs> thing. It's like, don't, don't, do not become a hashtag. So, I guess we can go ahead and move to part two. And, um, okay, that's, that's how... Uh, I think we stopped it. Not yeah, that was eight. Yeah, so this is part two of the PBS, the reason Black Twitter exists. Okay, let's go ahead and get into that. The following year, articles from Slate, The Root, with alternating opinions, Gawker, and NPR all take notice of this phenomenon. Across the platform, about 500 million tweets are fired off per day. So, how do individual Black people come together to form Black Twitter? Hashtags. That's what made Black Twitter so innovative and disruptive. Its members used hashtags to talk about seemingly random, regular, not time-sensitive stuff with such veracity that it would trend. Since that original Pew Research Center study in 2009, more people have researched what makes the internet such an active place for Black folks. I oftentimes say that, you know, in my sort of research and looking at Black Twitter and young people's use of Twitter, that they move from kind of power users uh, to powerful users, right? And power users, right, are, are people who might use Twitter, right, at an exceptional rate compared to other populations or segments of the population. But powerful is something different, right? Powerful is sort of used in, in a way to have social impact. And so in that sense, I think as people begin to understand the potential that social media provides in terms of a, of a, of a tool for connecting, a tool for building, a tool for communicating, a tool for organizing, that they're beginning to understand, right, how to be powerful and not just power in terms of how they use it, the technology. Trending topics were usually about current events, but you know your black if, black moms be like, and late night, you ain't hitting it, right, that Corey referenced <laughs> in his piece were all forms of storytelling as opposed to updates. Okay. Right, yeah. So that's, that's the hashtag. and mm-hmm. That's a pretty good so explanation, now, actually. Uh, that's well done, PBS. Surprising. That, that, that was a good one. Yeah. I, I found, you know, not to be cringy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but of course they had to stay, but once again, that's why you hear you have to stay on message because I've, I've said this a lot of times, the conservative, they are, their party is created around principles and morals and that kind of thing. Mm. The, the liberals is more a coalition of different agendas and they can step on each other's toes. That's this is the language that you hear of black and Brown. Or when they say black, they had to come back with the LGBT trans. It's like you got to give a shout out to the other groups because if you don't, (laughs) then it can, you know, you, this is where you see kind of people, you know, looking to, you know, uh, make sure their, their agendas are ripped or their hashtags are ripped. So I guess we can go ahead and get into uh, not a. Um, but I, do, I have to say, like, Black Twitter is probably uh, the most robust in terms of engagement. Um, and it's something that so many people have asked me about. What is Black Twitter? Where is Black Twitter? <laughs> if you don't know, it's not for you, probably. <laughs> um, but I, I'll ask you this, though, because um, I know you're saying, like, we're, we can't leave um, or we shouldn't leave because that's where we create change. But I we could go to other platforms to do that, because I think if he brings opens this platform up to other people you know do you want to be entertainment for the white supremacists that are going to flood this platform again if he's going under free speech as he suggests well, i'm not saying that we can't leave or we should okay. leave because because well, where are we gonna go because first of all um there are a number <laughs> tell of, us of we are looking to you as, there's, uh, yeah, oh, I just, where's this from this is from uh msnbc 
that's pretty unbelievable to to say, hey, you know, Elon Musk, you know, I mean, what's implied, what she's saying is it, clearly his skin is fair complexion. So that means it's got to be white supremacists he's bringing in. I, I, I mean, that's, oh, you didn't know that? No, is, no. <laughs> he's the he's the great liberator of white supreme white supremacist uh, uh, trolls yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so racist, lady. Supremacists that are going to flood this platform. Flooding. Going under free speech, as he suggests. Well, I'm not saying that we can't leave or we should okay. leave because because well, where are we gonna go? Because first of all, <laughs> um, there are a number. Tell of, us, of we are looking to you. There's, there's uh, Black Planet, right? I got on Black Planet because you said you tweeted the answer is Black Planet. This is the most unlikely comeback that right. I thought would happen. Right. Like, there's, in there's, 2022. There's, there's yeah. uh, you know Isaac Hayes the third has a, a whole platform that pays wow black creatives, right? So so there are a number of platforms. Like it's not like Black people are out here just tweeting and saying we ain't gonna create our own we're creating yeah. our own and and so we can feed that because where we go is where people will go you know yeah. whether it's music or tv or, or all parts of the culture right yeah. so i don't think that we are like held hostage by twitter right it's just the most popular black platform but wherever we go will be the most popular platform. yeah Okay, so this is very interesting. I was mm-hmm. unaware of Black Planet. I'm seeing it now. Oh, Black Planet, Planet. That's old. That's that's what maybe my late twenties. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. But there's uh, it says right here rebooting. Why it's, reboot? Was it reemergence? <laughs> yeah, the why reboot Black Planet now is rebooting because we recognize that this moment is an opportunity to come together. So. Um, <laughs> It would it, never happen it, well, because it, you can't take your blue check with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that was what I was going to ask. Intuitively, I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's not going to work. I can't explain why. Uh, but is there? It feels to me like there's black Twitter works because of some certain confluence of uh, features that make it work. And I think we could probably define, you know, uh, what that mm-hmm. is. Uh, the hashtag being a very important part of it. Um, would, is it possible at all in your uh, professional opinion <laughs> as a person of color? <laughs> I can't I'm even not, say it with a straight face. I try to no. say it with a straight face. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what do you think? Is it possible? I mean, first of all, this, I know many people have tried with, you know, certainly YouTube, you know, Oh, Odyssey, they're paying black creators. Ultimately it has to, re- it has to really, it feels it's like it has to be a grassroots. Brand. It has to be a thing that that just you can't build this type of thing and say, "Oh, this is what black people will need." As far as I, I don't know why that is, but it it it's is just like with tennis shoes. Anybody can make a, a sneaker, right? There you go. But Nike will always be Nike because of the brand that you're saying that it holds, and you can't the blue check that blue bird. <clears throat> when you for the people that's talking here for that class. Right. Having that blue check is them saying they're making it. That's the the crowning achievement of them. And there's two things that you didn't point out in that clip. She said we're going to become entertainment for white trolls. Her biggest fear is being ridiculed. And this is this this is why these people don't represent quote unquote black people because they want to be in a safe space where they can throw things over the wall. But you know what I'm saying? Not getting the pressure back. Right. Where, you know, if you stood on facts instead of talking points, it wouldn't be an issue because you're saying your 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 story or your 
narrative will be airtight. Okay, okay. So I just need to ask you a couple questions because mm-hmm. I think I know the Good. answer now. So without a doubt, for Black Twitter, maybe for all Black American media communications, all uh, mm-hmm. in, inter uh, uh, for Black communications, because that, that's really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is you know is how Black America has you know it's it's always been through gospel, it's been through blues, it's been through it's been, you know predominantly music through you know, old uh, spiritual, you know, the whole thing. Um, There has to be, I believe, an element of danger for it to work. And the danger can be on one hand, you know, we're going to, we're going to lynch you, sorry to, to use trauma-based entertainment, right, uh, right. but then there's the digital lynching, which is we, you know, we kick you canceling. off of Twitter. Canceling. Can- canceling. So I believe yeah. that that, that uh, in order for the community, but it's the same with hip-hop. You know, it's just like you, you, you push, you push the edge, you push the edge, you push the edge until, right. you know, so that, so that you still are on the radio and you don't get banned from the radio. And it, it, do you think that that's true? Yeah, it has to be some kind of, and this is why these, and I speak specifically about the, the professional black Twitters at the, the super users at, I think called power users, they, they don't understand, like you've been cradled by the establishment. You know, you don't want, you notice nobody wants to smoke with me and i'm not saying it like that because and people that think like me because we're based off facts and you'll get roasted so it's like no we want to stay in our little safe space right here but we want to be provocative at the same time it's this weird thing that they want to be safely provocative right like you know uh you can't punch me back put on put on the you know saying the the kid gloves but i can you know saying i can throw haymakers at you and, and that's why you heard her say we'll become entertainment for them. But she, they, but, they don't but, want they don't want a fair fight. But she's not Black Twitter. Oh, she is. She see Black Twitter. How can I explain it? Black Twitter is the accepted blackness by the you know what I'm saying tech industry, the technical techno political uh, industry. Okay. okay. Right. No. They, what I'm saying is not going to ever make it to Black Twitter. ADOS, you saw what they did to them. Did you see Black right. Twitter come in, come step up for ADOS? No, <laughs> no, no. They said they were Trump, they were Mac, Black MAGA, and and uh, uh, Russian bots. But Russian bots, right? That was that was the whole narrative. Anything okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Or, hold on, hold on, okay, then, then back up now. Okay. So Black Twitter, maybe the hashtag. Okay, I think there's two different because there, there's got to be uh, a Black Twitter, which is where where I find Mo. I mean that that's there, right? It's okay. I'll give you a perfect example. Black Lives Matter. That's you have the that's, ground people. Yeah, got it. Yeah. You see things that you're saying like they see actual true injustice and they'll put black hashtag Black Lives Matter on it. But hashtag Black Lives Matter Inc. is something totally different. Understood. And we're dealing with the ink side of black Twitter. This Understood. is black Twitter ink. Okay. So but what but in the beginning before mm-hmm. uh, I I believe you know, we have to see how uh, black America influences the rest, and uh, Black America, in its purest form, was using Twitter in a novel way and got a lot going. But then, as is typical, it was quickly captured because it turned into a safe space for the for the check marks. Right, but it's well, still it's a battleground. <clears throat> they were actually elevated to yes, say, "Okay, yes. this is your this is your safe. <laughs> we we know you're a safe Negro. 
if we give you this blue check, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. That that's what that was. Was especially when if you got it came up through the Democrat. I mean the the let me not say Democrat. If you came what's up the, through the what's the structure. analogy for that? There must have been an analogy in the slave days for the safe Negro. That, that's I mean that was the old well did we you, call did him overseer. Have, but have you, have you ever seen Life with Martin? Yes, of course. Yes. Remember how the black guy was trusted to have the gun? Yeah. Notice yes. the guard would unarm himself. Right. <laughs> it's like here. Here you got the gun. Now keep them in line. Right, right. And he would tell them, "I'm not that nice, boss." And I'm not nice as boss is. That's that's kind of how Black Twitter Inc. is. Got it's it. like if you go say, say something like right now, if you were to go say something on Black Twitter about you know saying, and I don't want to trigger anybody about abortions right now, the pushback would be so hard against you if you say anything against trans or I mean mm. even to the point of like <laughs> I don't think kid like Zaya Wave situation. I don't think you should kids to be transitioning. Oh, you you're not gonna they're gonna come for you. They're gonna call you misogynist, right. and that's why I said people so just, like just, me will never be welcome there. All right. So just one more question. Mm-hmm. Where is black America communicating then? Not black Twitter, but <laughs> where is the real conversation going on? I told you YouTube gives you the best cross YouTube. section. Because mm-hmm. you get you go all the way from the far uh to the far left and from Marxist to yeah. you're saying to fascist almost. Uh, to uh, super modern to super traditional that you know, and and that's why that's why people gravitate towards YouTube the way they do. Right? Because I was confused. The argument starts on Twigger. Twigger. I mean, uh, Twigger. Twigger. <laughs> Black Twitter now known as Twigger. Right. Way to go, Mo. Right. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> that's a good one right there. Uh, you caught me. Um, no, but it start the argument starts on Twitter, then it goes to local news, then it comes to black YouTube for reaction. Right. This is this is, and that's why I said when when a meme makes it to local news, that's mean it's been successful. That's mean it's it's okay. ready for right. the. So you had me confused earlier because I okay. I really thought oh okay black Twitter is where black America really communicates. Now I understand that's what, what they you're want saying. you to believe. That's yes, it works. It. It's like, it works. Cause like, let me see what the black folks are thinking. Hashtag right. black Twitter. Oh, right. they're, they're pro. You're saying whatever this is. Yeah. Anti, yeah. Then this is where the, you know, the, that, okay. You, well, black Twitter, woke. black Twitter is now Mal- Malcolm Nance going to Ukraine. I mean, that's, that's, what, Imagine that's what's that. going on. The CIA <laughs> going to help fight Nazis. Yeah. Like, hmm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm shaping that in the net, the media meme narrative, mm-hmm. you know, that, because that was how you were laid out in the meme is right. like, when did black people start being supportive of XCIA going <laughs> going to help Nazis fight? All right, I know it's great. But yeah, that'll get zero likes and zero. <laughs> but that's why shadow banning is so. This is just saying, just quickly touch on that topic because you think you're saying something, but they put a and and you it's like a dome around you. You're sitting here talking your head off. But that is nobody's yeah, we, actually seeing we, you it. Know, but you don't know they're not seeing it. Originally, we called that the bozo filter. And, okay. and that, that's back in the day, way before you were born, uh-huh. uh, on forums, you had a bozo filter. So exactly that. Someone could be posting like crazy and saying all kinds of stuff and you just flip the bozo filter on and no one would see it. So hopefully, hopefully we understand that black Twitter does not represent black Twitter represent whatever is acceptable politically. Got it. That, and, and socially, you know, by, by the, you're saying by the cancel culture you know and that's why with me i say it again i would never ever be allowed to give no 
be given the, the boost of the algorithm. No, no. this kind of message. Oh no, no. I mean that's it's too. You can't you can't box that in once you have people start thinking right. for themselves. It's like no, that's very dangerous. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get to number ten. We wanted to know exactly how one becomes a member of Black Twitter. Are there rules or at least consistent practices? So I reached out to my friend Kiana Tipton for help. She has a master's degree in Twitter. <laughs> well, actually, my alma mater didn't quite offer a master's in Black Twitter, although sometimes I tell people <laughs> I have a master's in Black Twitter and nobody's checked me on it. So no, of course Black not. Twitter is not hey. an actual space. And it's also mm-hmm. not a homogeneous group where everyone looks the same, everyone talks about the same things, and everyone cares about the same things. I think in order to participate in Black Twitter and to be a part of it, you have to have that cultural competency. Ah! Essentially, it mirrors in real life conversations that Black people. Are- oh, please tell me this is a white girl. Please, please. No. T- oh, no? oh, she's so. Oh, that's too bad. I almost thought that was perfect. That would have been perfect. Ah, oh, listen to her. Having. So some of those things are community, call and response. That is really common in black language. And of course there's humor. And I think both community and call and response lend itself to that humorous aspect. It's not all fun and games on Twitter. Black Twitter consistently uses hashtag campaigns to organize around a social or political cause. Say Her Name, created in Sandra Bland's honor, highlights the often hidden plight of black women affected by political injustice or police brutality. Mainstream media's tendency to publicize a victim's most stereotypical photos after an unarmed black person is killed sparked If They Gunned Me Down. And of course, Black Lives Matter, which is now an international activist organization. (laughs) Yeah. And and did you see, remember She Will Rise from the last show? Yep. And and who they bring in? The same one, Oscar So White. And these things, like I said, these are AstroTurf. Mm-hmm. I want people to be very clear. <laughs> these are the ones that somebody picks up the phone over, uh, calls over to Twitter. Hey, I need you to put some put some sauce on this one. And it's like, okay, okay, yes, boss. And then they understand they they let it. They nobody saying Oscar's so white, you know. And, and then the way you know they they stamp out other ones and and, and label them as like uh, toxic, you know that <laughs> kind of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's control now. Um, do you think that uh, Black America understands that this uh, place is being controlled? What percent uh, is all in and thinks this is groovy? Well, the average person is not on Twitter. I'll say that first of all, yeah. the average Black person uh, is point. not on Twitter, right? But it's that's actually worse because they get the local news version and they just go with whatever is being told. Correct, mm-hmm. but they have the reaction to it, and see if it's something that they think. Like, okay, I give you for a great example. Remember the kente cloth yeah. and the kneeling. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. You know, yeah. it, at first the hashtag was like, okay, yeah, you know, what I'm saying, look at a slay, slay, slay. And it's like, and then when it hit, it was like, this <laughs> no, is crazy. This is no good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they suppress. They suppress. They suppress that. They suppress the the anti. Uh, uh, all the anti hashtags about that. I'm and sure then they, they go to play cleanup too yeah. and wipe clean. You know the you know the original post. Just they'll, for, they'll, you're saying memory hold them for my uh, edification uh, from this clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, call and response. What is oh, that? Like, can I get a hey? hey oh, okay. Can okay. I get a ho? Ho. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's the okay. Wow, that's hard to do. Um, uh, and then of course the black humor. It's, I feel like uh, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> well, it's. 
a lot of stuff is based in culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you might have lines from movies. Yeah, and it's not like that. It's not the ones you see on trailers. Mm-hmm. It's like the those funny lines. It's not like I'll be back. Yeah, no, not those. <laughs> so it's like, uh, um, like somebody say, "Oh yeah, um." Well, they they tens, but I keep them clean though. Or my classic, damn Gina, does that still work or is that? that a, no, that's 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 a that's that's a good one. That's a boomer I mean, one. That's not, a boomer not, one. <laughs> no, not really, because the other one be like, what's up? You, know, you said that that's one. That's still would be good. Cringy. That's still good. Right. What's up? Right. <laughs> no, it's that's cringy. So I just want to say that will be the catch line from the show, so everybody would know that one. But you know, what I'm saying if I say you ain't got no job, man, you know, what I'm saying they know that. Oh, that's talking about Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Like for Martin. So got it, got it, got it, got it. This yeah. is the t- it's a timing thing. And it's also when you somebody say, say, can I get a hey? Yeah, and hey. Like, you're late with the hey. Then you're you know what I'm saying? It's like you're like a half a beat. Wait a minute. That's almost that's almost like church though. Church is also like all kinds of callback stuff. Like it is. That's, that's hold, the, hold on that's a second. Inter- yeah. yeah. I like it. That's exactly right. That's the interaction. You know, mm-hmm. that's the that like I said, that's what makes it the the living spirit of it and and that's i don't know that that's our people just bring that to the table i don't care what it is um we just like i tell people all the time like the turntable when they sit down and made the turntable they didn't make it for scratching they didn't know that that's, that's not, <laughs> exactly the lab was exactly like, you know what <laughs> yes we didn't make a turntable we could scratch on no it's like okay here and then somebody got a really nice turntable and it had you know the anti-reverse on it and like, like, okay, right. But but, uh, uh, you know, when when Kanye first got the uh, uh, the Roland eight hundred eight drum machine, he mm-hmm. did shit with it that no one had heard either. Right. You know. Now even it, even the sampler or the drum machine itself. Yes. The drum machine was not meant to. That was actually so. If you didn't have a drummer, you could set a beat. You yep. know, and you could play the guitar, you with piano, whatever to it. Until the drummer got there. Yeah. And it was like, no, we're gonna, let me get that. Let me hold that for you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that's what our, that's our superpower is to take something and make it, make it do something that you, you haven't seen. TikTok, look at TikTok dances. Yeah. These yeah, kind of yeah, things. Like, yeah. And that's, this is where cultural appropriation and cultural vulturing come, comes from. Like you can have an appreciation for the culture, but when you come in and take it, and the funny thing is we have a, and not these going on a tangent, but we say, okay, take that. We just create something else. And I'm like, okay. Well, but, uh, but when you say take it, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, when you mean, so, okay, so white people are now doing the dance on TikTok. That would be taking, taking it. Yeah, because they don't bring. No, I, I know, you, I know it's yeah. not the same, but, but you, no. but you can't be mad about it. I mean, it's, that it's actually the, uh, the really sincere it's, form of flattery. It, it, well, just to take it to music for a second. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have your favorite band, right? With like Nirvana, like the the people that were day when one Nirvana fans, like when they blew up and went like like nuclear. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Celebrity. Mm-hmm. They would have the same thing. Like take it. I know you're gonna make it commercial. I know you're gonna take the. You know what I'm saying? Ruin it. You know you're gonna corporatize it. So it's like take it. Not not like you're stealing something. You know what I'm saying? It's just like here. You're like no. You're like like we. All music. I mean, like, look at. Well, but that's that's kind of my point. Is that yeah? Uh, when when you say, well, then then they they take it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying 
that's how culture works. I mean, and and America is a beautiful, better place for it. I, I don't think that's something that needs to be paid back or, you know, it, it, look, it, you know, uh, the turntable came from some white dudes in, uh, you know, actually it came from a white dude, Thomas Edison. You know, so I, it's, it's building, father, it's building on top of each I'm other. To, I'm about to trigger the power father. When somebody takes your invention and says, we can monetize it. No, that doesn't bother me that way. No, no, I'm saying like you, you know, it's like, it's not meant for that. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, that, that's fair. But, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay that that you got me on that one that's a very good that's a very good analogy that that, you, that gives me something to think about because it's like it's not meant when you hear somebody does a corporate podcast you know it's yeah, like see, I'm, i know it yeah, makes you cringe it's like no 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 it's not that. no 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 that's 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 not you had the right example okay uh, and the right example was uh mo- trying to monetize podcasting in all mm-hmm. these crazy ways that's the right example it, now, for me, it, it, I think it's a very good example because I, I'm not mad. I just go, I just shake my head. Like, it's not going to work. You know, good luck with that. And I think that's probably and, and what else how do it you is. say? I, I've listened to you. You, long you can't they monetize the network. They never come talk to me. No, oh. they never come talk to me. Yes. So that's like the guys that created right. something. It's like but, but they that, never but, come talk right, to me. Right, right, but, but just so, just want you to understand yeah. that. I don't feel like someone took something. I'm happy. Uh, I'm pleased. Uh, I'm just always flabbergasted that no one ever comes to talk to me. But it's I'm not angry. That I'm just saying that when it comes to uh, culture and how it's created and how things are built on top of uh, of each other, even mm-hmm. if they stray completely from the original intent and idea, I'm okay with that. And I think that it, it enriches everybody, and it's 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 really good. I, just like I, I did, I detected from you, you a little. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, you're you're taking our stuff, or it's cultural. It's it's almost no. like saying cultural appropriation. That's how it felt. Well, there is there is a cultural appropriation, and there are culture vultures because when you take something, that's why I use podcasting. The people that make these corporate podcasting um platforms, they don't care anything about podcasters. They don't care anything about podcasting. It's like, how can we profitize this? And it's like, it's not meant for that. Just like with Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? Like when people come in and try to use it for a uh, uh, asset or a monetary vehicle. You know, like, uh, okay. Okay. That, that kind of so we're talking about yeah. two different things. Um, that's changing the use versus um, hip hop and uh, Eminem. Right. Eminem generally accepted because. Uh, he respects the craft. He respects the craft, he, but he's not from the culture per se, but he mm-hmm. built on top of it, brought his own culture to it, and I think has, has enriched everybody in this in the process. So that that right. to me is like, so if it's TikTok videos, I think that there are some uh, some people who do it with, with the, there's a lot of people who do it with the same vigor, the same idea, and there's, mm-hmm. and then there's a whole section that doesn't, that is just laughable. Well, it's some people that do things that are, uh, it's not appreciation. It's more like a mockery. And that's where, that's that fine balance, you know, of how people can make certain movies. Like Quentin Tarantino, he's allowed to make certain movies because people believe that he does it in an artistic way. Where and you're saying other people might not be able to get away with it. Um, so, yeah, I got not, not to be able to point, but that's, 
I think okay. this is the crux of everything is, are you in it for the appreciation of it? Are you in it, you know what I'm saying, for a cash grab? Got and it. That, go, that goes for whatever. I mean, we have like YouTube content creators. You know, it's just people that want to play the numbers. They don't really care what they talk about. They just, whatever the latest story is, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk about it because this, this, this is what, you know, is good monetarily. So. I really like this because that to me, that's the beauty of value for value and the streaming uh, streaming payments. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> I want anybody to come up with any crazy idea from any culture and immediately have a monetization model built right in, so right. Th- so and that so that no one has to worry about someone co- and and <clears throat> and because inherently all, I hope all the stuff is completely not at brand safe. That's the, that's the only good stuff. Uh, that's why you know that's I think it, it's perfect for people just you know to experiment the next thing that comes up. We won't have to worry about, okay, well, how do we pay for it? Let's let's bring this conversation full circle, right? Everybody has a number to sell out. I'm going to just be honest with you. Everybody has a number. Twitter was $44 Like, don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They didn't want to sell, but Elon knew their number. And that's kind of like the same thing with, you know, that's why people get so mad at the corporations. like, you gave him a number he couldn't resist. Right. And that was the whole, that was the whole David Chappelle thing. Like they'll come by me. You know what I'm saying? Like this, yeah. <laughs> he was, it yeah. was said in jazz, but, uh, you know, when they put the 50 million on the table, he knew up front, it was going to be bad mm-hmm. when he signed it. But it's just like, but then luckily, you know, he came to his senses, you know, but that's, that's what they mean by, you know, taking something. When you put something on the table where even like with the Democrat, like we're talking about now, a lot of these people know better on black Twitter, but that check is good. Mm-hmm. That check, you're know saying is in, and, and they go and spew the talking points that they do. And the good example of that we can get into, um, it's a throwback clip from show 18. This is joy Reed with Shereen Mitchell. And this is just show you how they know better, but they'll, they'll do whatever they got to do or saying for the, for the bag. So it's the indication that they are they are someone who was born and you know as as a descendant in the United States who is representing Black America and has the the the, the vernacular and the language uh, that people would believe is, is someone who's a part of our community who's either debating about Camilla or debating about Camilla. Booker because that's who just announced and and trying to say we know who's the most uh, you know who's who's Black in America and 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 making sure that they are you know sort of talking in this vernacular that makes it look like that they are in are support. Black American. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I, mean I, I did see a huge uptick in bot activity when it came to when Kamala Harris announced. <laughs> it's like it, it just dropped like a bomb. It just happened really quickly. And she was accused of being not a re- not really black, not a not really black. She's, like, she's and, and that kept Caribbean, going. You could you could see that happening, but actually there was an uptick of those bots just before she was uh, about to announce. So they were preparing for her announcement. Hey. Mo, just before you, I, I really love this show. I really appreciate it. Our conversation that we just had was one of the most open, honest racial conversations I think I've ever heard myself. I really appreciate this. I do too, and that's why this you can't it, you can't make this in a lab or a boardroom. Or, or <laughs> no, like, that's that's why go. we take an oath of poverty. <laughs> right. Exactly, because that's the thing is. And it's not for me. I I, I don't want to be controlled, mm-hmm. and that just you're saying just to let it just saying shine some light in. 
that that was the whole thing with the shot with me. Like, no, you can't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain parts of me. No, you can't have that. You know, and 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 it's belief in self. And you heard that in the, old, the past clips with us, Tiffany Cross. It's like, where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean where are you going to go? Either you stay on the platform and you get crafty enough where you dip, duck, dodge, and dive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the the right. censorship. Right. Or, or, or you know saying? I'll make a stellar product where, you know what I'm saying, people are just like be naturally gravitate and love to share it. Or you go build your own, mm-hmm. but that but that's the thing they don't they 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 want to be handed something um, and protect that comes a price yeah, yeah. exactly uh, so yeah so just getting back to this clip they know better they if the, if they're truly tapped in and not joy joy re enjoys black Twitter and the support it gives you know what I'm saying it hurt mm-hmm. um if they knew like they said they knew they would understand. Okay. Kamala seems like a Obama 2.0 and Obama didn't really do anything for us. So that's maybe why some black people are upset with her, but just to come out and say, Oh no, it's Russian, it's Russian bots. <laughs> that's cause they were told to say that MSNBC signs her check to tell her to say, Oh, you know what? We're going to, we're going to sign push this now, Russian bot. I am extremely grateful to joy Reid. Mm-hmm. Because this very uh, uh, clip is what brought Adam and Mo together, right? Because I was struggling with what is this bots and descendants of slavery, and I was trying to figure it out. And I was talking about it with John. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I love John, but he's not going to he's not going to help me with this. Uh, and then that's when you reached out to me, and the fact that you picked up on the hashtag DOS, yeah. See that that was the and then it was like no it's, this is refined because we're talking about descendants of American slavery right it's, it's more see they're okay with DOS of course yeah <laughs> that's why, yeah yeah it's why yeah. I reached you <laughs> it's like the A DOS though that's problematic because that fractured the whole Car- Caribbean and African block right right you right, know that right. we're building in and that's where that goes to show you the Twitter filter right there is because you got DOS but you didn't get A DOS yep uh and by the, if you went and got it from the mainstream media such as this, you'd be like, oh, they're Russian bots. Russian, well, that's what I that's what I smelled it right away. I'm like, no, 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 something's going on. What is, what is this Russian bot shit with ADOS? And yeah, that was good. But interestingly, you reached out, but also mm-hmm. Antonio Moore, uh, the hashtag ADOS uh, people. Right. Very interesting. And, and, and the thing was with them, I would just say, not, this is my critique of the ADOS, that downvoting, that sh- that's it didn't meet the litmus test of the people. See, this this is the power of like when you have a true uh, callback, you know that kind of thing, or you you listen back to the you know what the sentiment is. You would say, okay, this downvote thing that was dumb. Like you know, what I'm saying that that just submit to it and get. But if you stand on, it, it's like, well, you it's not like you still trying to get us to vote. <laughs> and yeah. we don't have nothing tangible yeah. on the table. So that's just going to show you. How even uh, uh organic hashtag can um, run into trouble if mm-hmm. you don't stay true to the message. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get to... Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, let's go ahead and play 13, and then you're saying... Because uh, I want you to he- hear the talking before people... This is just another throwback clip. But I think it's important to hear them being negative toward things that can only be seen as positive. 
because if we know, as we've seen, that the 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 ones who are the most uh, valuable to the Democratic Party is black women. We have identified at least five existing campaigns that are focused on getting black people to do only one thing, what, what not, if, not vote for the Democrats. And can you name one of those five campaigns? I mean, we, we put up from the report that you're saying that, rep, that this, there's a conversation about reparations that has to do with it. There's a criminal justice cam, uh, uh, conversation. Yes. There's so an immigration. Go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reparations, immigration, and um, and and um, sorry, reparations, immigration, and anything that has to do with the criminal justice system. So the reason that the the targeting of Kamala around being um, a cop is important is because anything that's, that that hinges on criminal justice becomes a divisive issue. Very quickly, we're out of time, but how can people tell the difference between the real, genuine thing of Black Lives Matter and the ones that are just designed to make you not vote? How do you even tell? So it's, you can tell right away by the by the language that they use most of the time. But if if you see anyone who says basically tangibles or, ah. or uh, you, you're not getting our vote without us getting something back, mm-hmm. uh, you should start to pause and take a better look at what they're saying. Better look at those those accounts and seeing what they're saying. Eh, eh, come on, Vladimir Mo. I know you're a Russian bot. These are things you say. If you want some for your vote, you're a bot. Just imagine. I love that. That's you. That's you. They just described you. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And I, but I couldn't imagine if they say they're tapping into the sentiment of the people like they say they are to say, if it says tangibles, that's probably a bot. Uh, That's probably a bot. Yeah. That, that's 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 not real. Or we want something that for is, our vote. No, no, no. That can't be. That can't be a real black person. No. Imagine the mental gymnastics you have to do to, I'm saying, make that work for you yeah. uh, in your mind. Uh, so speaking of that, so we can go now to the second uh, setup I found, or second set of clips I found from the root, and this is how Black Twitter changed the world. Think back on your favorite Twitter moments of the past decade. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. You name it! Why you always lying? But OG, cause it's never enough. What do they all have in common? Melanin. Today's baggage, Black Twitter. Where do politics, memes, Black culture, and activism come together online? You guessed it, Black Twitter. Black Twitter is Twitter. It's a congregation, a community, church. Heck, I'd argue that Black Twitter is the most popping space on the internet. But what kind of legacy has it created? Now, where can I find someone who's an expert in all things Black Twitter? Got him. Professor Meredith D. Clark's pretty much a Black Twitterologist. When people try to juxtapose Black Twitter versus, let's say, mainstream Twitter or just Twitter, uh, the assumption that they're making is that white users and the people who created Twitter are the default. And so whatever white users are doing, that is mainstream or regular Twitter. And we know that that just isn't so. Black Twitter makes Twitter what it is. It is what drives the pithy conversations. Hmm. I'd love to see numbers. I'd love to, because I think that there's also a Latino Twitter, a French Twitter, a German Twitter. I mean, there's all kinds of Twitters that we don't see, which are segregated. Well, see, here's the thing. Every one of those groups you named are 
equally distributed across the left right political pe- uh, 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 spectrum. Yeah. Or, 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 or or at least gotcha. Yeah. 30, you're saying 30, 70, 60, 40, that kind of split. The fact that and this, and this is where we're saying black people, the fact that it's a code. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's an unwritten code of how, you know, okay, you know, we look out for each other, that kind of thing. And then you factor that in with that code has been hijacked and weaponized and and also politi- politicized to say if you don't agree with this, if you don't right. say if you don't like Obama, <laughs> yeah. if you don't like, you know, whatever whatever fill in the blank, mm-hmm. then you ain't black. Like the Joe Biden thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, for, yeah. Vote yeah. for me, you ain't black. So that's why I think it's more stringent. And then the fact that it's manufactured to be that way, because just like my whole point of Twitter itself being AP black Twitter is the black journalism. It's the black AP. Yeah. So, so that's how and, they, and, create they, and therefore, and therefore points. very influential. Got it. Yep. Makes sense. Soup, soup and, and is not only influential to 2022 and 2024, See, because they said that Black Twitter is the most impactful or whatever word she used on the on the on the internet. No, you Black YouTube is. And I'm, right. I'm telling you because right. you get a far more balanced, uh, you know, saying distribution, and you find that you're on sides with other people, saying with people that you might not on certain topics, but other topics you can hear from them. Right, uh, it's but, a whole, it's a whole different system. It just works completely differently. Yet they have a common algo of recommending, and that and that's and that works really well. Okay, it, I I understand. I'm down okay, with it. So, yep, I got it. And so, so black so Twitter is getting, all black Twitter is also the most manipulated part of Twitter. Oh, it's the, it's it's man, it's a re, it's a refined narrative. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you an example of the three. We might not have to listen to all three, but I just want to hear you see how an example of a rogue hashtag <laughs> and how it's handled by black twitter and this is went back going back to 53 show 53 and this was the hashtag blame black men also i want to talk about black men today hi larie hi i love black men hi. i'm, I'm married you? to a Wait. lovely one so this is one of my favorite you. topics hold on some of my best friend are black men <laughs> friends of black men <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamel Hill tweeted something out, and I think it's time for us to have a conversation. We've been, I've been nibbling around the edges of this conversation. We're going to have it today. So, um, Jamel Hill, she said, uh, she tweeted this yesterday. I've increasingly found that black men, oh, excuse me. I've increasingly found that many black men just want better access to patriarchy. They don't actually want it dismantled. And when I saw that trending and she was trending I was I said to myself is this helpful that's the first thing I said Mm. why 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 and then that started a blame black men hashtag oh yeah yeah I remember this show you bet and that was after the whole this was uh the show 53 was 2020 vision and this was around the whole ice cube thing you know they they blamed us for everything because on one side the, the you know the mainstream media was saying oh black women save us Democratic Party, and the only thing they can really they're saying ruin it for us is the patriarchy loving black men, right? The, these misogynists and and just the, once again they have its own brand of misogyny called misogyny misogyny war, misogyny war. 
Uh, so it's like misogyny and the war mixed together. So black misogyny is what it represents. But as I was processing it, I, I said that this narrative bolstered by the Ice Cube's 50 Cent P. Diddy conversations has and, and there have been several women. I'm not, you know, wow. going to get into those names saying these. Is that the only black men she knows? No, that was the ones that no, no, that was the defectors. Remember that that's the ones that were pushing the Trump's tax tax cut. Ice Cube was like, let's go talk to Trump. Yeah, about see what I'm saying, see what you know the platinum plan had. Um, oh, the yes, the platinum yeah, plan. Oh yeah, man, that was so hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Fifty Cent stepped down the line and said, "I'm not paying sixty something percent of taxes." Joe Biden tripping that kind of thing. So this is this is why she's laying their names out. Like, right, I remember yeah, now. Yes, they I remember. Out of line. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I just remember Trump's platinum plan. That was fantastic. How hilarious was that? Yeah, great marketer. Women, I'm not, you know, gonna get into those names. Saying these things about black men in particular, I'm saying to myself, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Why now? Why? And I'm, you know, why was it necessary? So apparently she was having some conversations with somebody and then went to the Twitter sphere. And I'm saying at some point we're going to have to have Twitter discipline. (laughs) All things are permissible. All things are not beneficial. This was not beneficial. And here's what it does, because let let me just be 100 percent clear. Black men are important. (laughs) Black women are important. All black people are important. You know, like it's. It's silly for us to have these conflicts and they're not real. So let me just give you the real. Here's the real. The real deal is there's no war between black men and black women. There seems to be on social media uh, a very, very small, minute, very loud faction on both sides doing this thing. Now, is it beneficial? No, it's not. As a matter of fact, it is detrimental to the things that we want to get done. Ooh, stop doing that. And that's to get Biden elected. Just to get people <laughs> yeah. for things we want. And this is why she's so torn up over this is because, like, don't you see we need all the votes co- combined? You know, th- these wedges is going to ruin it for, you know, the uh, yeah, yeah, for the yeah, chances yeah. of Joe Biden to get elected. Yeah, that's yeah. That you're hearing this, so that's the spectrum that she's looking through to say, and there there is a gender war. Not, don't don't no doubt about it, and it's not just only in black people saying with black people, but it's it's far more um, impactful, I would say, because when you factor in poverty, then you factor in the family court system, how it leans heavily. Well, this goes this woman. goes back to no man about the house, exactly. But but for some odd reason, no, actually, no. We've dealt with the black man. We just we just kill him and then martyr the black man. Now we're just now everything's the white man's fault. But at the same time, they have to do things like this. They have to do things like Joy and Reed that some white man somewhere is telling them what to say. Yes, of and it's course. Like, okay, so and this is what go back to the point about like taking the taking from us this is the this is the i'm gonna say it and the people might get mad at me i don't care you can't cancel me a lot of people feel like the white power structure have taken our women oh i understand that the same the same way we say about taking our culture 
they have taken our and, and, and let me flesh that out when you look at the Supreme Court justice, when you look at Kamala Harris, when you listen to these women talking, Joanne Reed, you will give the perception that they're going to side with white supremacy, the real white supremacy, the one world government, white supremacy over their own men. Mm -hmm. And we should just shut up and like, okay, I'm going to do what master tell me to do. And you just shut up and be okay with it. And a lot of men like, no, I'd rather be alone. And Mm -hmm. this is what, this is the whole root of the black gender war. Now I can't speak for any other gender war. I mean, I know there's some commonalities, but so let me, let me, under, let me play this back to you. Right so there. you just mentioned a whole bunch of black women who are not ADOS. So when you say taking our women, do you mean taking the identity mm-hmm. of the women or literally exactly. take, okay. The identity. That's what so I got it. Yeah. So, so what? by saying Kamala, uh, joy Reed, uh, you know, all, you know, the British names. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're you're from Ireland, uh, you know, from Caribbean descent. Not exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. Yet you're representing uh, ADOS women. Exactly. Got it. Okay, that's one hundred percent true. And and the ideas that come with that. I mean, like, because <laughs> it's a set of ideas that black men shut up, get to the back. You know. Well, also by you know, that by that logic time. by that logic they. Uh, took the presidency from you. Yes. Because Obama was not ADOS. Exactly. Still isn't to this day. <laughs> it's not going to change. And still, he's still the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not who we are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I guess let's go ahead and wrap up, wrap up this, uh, this last clip and then we can thank some people. Everybody's blaming black men for Trump, right? I'm going to give you the actual numbers. Here are the numbers. Black men with college degrees, 78% of black men with college degrees voted for Hillary Clinton. Hillary R. Clinton, 78%. Larry, I'm not good at math. Is that like the vast majority of black men with college degrees? Overwhelming and vast majority. Yeah. All right. Oh, black men with no college degrees. 82% of black men without college degrees voted for Hillary Rodden Clinton. 11% voted for Trump. 16% 16% of black men with college degrees, which I think is interesting. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation that we, we should have at some point, too. But they're different conversations. You know, it's not yeah. all. And we do, doing this lumping in like all black men. No, no. Matter of fact, 78% with degrees voted for Hillary. 82% without degrees voted for Hillary. Now, in juxtaposition of black women, 91% of black women, 91% of black women with college degrees, 6% of those same black women voted for Trump. So let's just, you know, I don't know who y'all are, you know, and I want to shame you, woman with a college degree, 6% of you voted for Donald Trump. But yes, uh, it's your right. You know, it's your right. I, you know, I, we are free people. Uh, we're free to do dumb things. Are we? Are we? <laughs> but don't you dare do that again. Uh, are we free people? But... <laughs> Uh, is anybody but, but, free mo is any people free yeah we are and if you and yeah, that's right happen, is the producers you. that's right that's right that's right exactly first the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table the white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that negro and the so-called negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved that's the only way that they'll ever do it 
Exactly what we do here. And uh, as we've discussed throughout the show, this is a value for value production, which means uh, we uh, have taken that vow, vow of poverty. There is no way that uh, uh, walking down the middle, walking down the middle of the aisle uh, <laughs> is a very profitable business. Uh, but that's also not why we're doing it. We're here to learn and here to make things better. You just heard the legendary words of Malcolm X saying that that is the only way. And that's exactly what we've chosen to do. Now, uh, we do have bills to pay. Uh, uh, and as you know, Mo has stood up for himself and chosen uh, this life over, uh, uh, well, the, the, the virtual servitude uh, to the man, uh, including uh, uh, something he did, a medical procedure he did not want. Uh, and uh, I'm patently unhirable, so help, please. Thank you. <laughs> you could do that by going patently to uh, com and going to the donation page or directly to that page at MoFundMe, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com, and we'll talk about uh, the way to do it in a modern podcast app in a moment. So let's thank our executive producers for episode number 80, and we kick it off with... Uh, well, our big baller for the day, this is uh, Sir Vince. Baller, shot caller, 20-inch blades on the Impala. $400, and we really appreciate that. He's the Baron of Florabama, and he says, keep up the great work. We appreciate it, Sir Vince. Uh, Ogfomp Arts, uh, O-G-F-O-M-K, uh, we've seen this name pop up in uh, several mm-hmm. show shows, uh, $200, paying attention to everything. Uh, ogfomk.com supports MoFax, O-G-F-O-M-K dot com. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> since we uh, we missed the show, we have a couple of doubles, so we've uh, added those up. By the way, Mo, if I can just compliment you, I, mm-hmm. I think the show has really turned a corner. Uh, we now have color coding on uh, on the spreadsheet. Uh, this See? is this it's is professional improvement. It's professionalized. I'm very impressed. I like it a lot. Might get some pivot. Uh, as I say, was here. In a little bit. Careful, <laughs> careful. Slow down now. Uh, Ramon Lerma uh, comes in with two donations, a hundred dollars and twenty five. So we combine those to one twenty five. Appreciated, and he says thank you, uh, Mopes. This one hundred dollars. From Derek Hawkins, who uh, is from Derek Hawkins, who asked me to help send money to produce the show. This is Derek's first donation. Oh, okay, that's nice. So please de deadbeat him. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. And then he also says the $25 is for me. The next few months are going to be tight, but I'll promise I'll come in higher in the summer. Appreciate what you and Adam are doing, Ramon Lerma. So we should make uh, at least, uh, we'll put them both on the list. Uh, I want to make sure we get Derek in there. Since it was, after all, his donation, so yeah, and that's I think combining them was probably the wrong thing to do in hindsight. That, yeah, uh, but that's okay because that's uh, fine. The, their brothers helping each other here, so it's, right, it'll work and, out. And, and and it starts. It's time to start calling out deadbeat. So uh, <laughs> that's the deadbeat deluxe. You want you want to premiere that uh, the deadbeat the, deluxe? Oh wait, I, <laughs> yes, I I do want to premiere that. It's the deadbeat deluxe. Actually, sorry. <laughs> nice I gotta find a spot for that on the jingle rack uh, we move on to Lacey Romo with uh, 111 for the Fax Family Projects yes thank you very much Anonymous C with a C note but no written note $100 Gage A awesome podcast $100 thank you very much uh, we have Brandy Bledsoe who comes in with uh, 44.44 twice for 88.88. Keep on shining your light. Blessings and love from Mama B, of course. And uh, her second note, peace and love and blessings, fam. How, blessings. Is, how is the Fax fam doing? 
everybody's doing great. Uh, the uh, experiment of homeschooling was successful. Oh, good. Uh, I got my other business up and running. Uh, so that's been helpful. Uh, time consuming. Let me say up, up front, but no, uh, that, that's going good. Everybody's doing well. So you're, Thank you for asking. you're in the hustle. I'm hustling every day. I mean, getting, getting high. And you know what? <clears throat> can I, can I, can I share a quick story? Of I, I'll course, make it short. Of course. So, uh, I'm going to meet the rep for the business I'm working for. You know what I'm saying? And he's just there for orientation. And I show up like 15 minutes late. Imagine that me being like, no, no, um, no, no, no. This, that's so stereotypical. Don't say these things. Right. right. So I walk through the door and he's like, like when I say six o'clock, I mean, like kind of like, I mean, six o'clock. And I, I was like, skirt. You know what I'm saying? Hold on a second. I was like, I invested in my own business so I could be 15 minutes late. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like that feels exactly. so good. Exactly. Isn't that nice? I know. It's, it's worth every penny. It's I, worth every penny where you can be able to say, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, whoa, whoa, I don't have no bosses. I don't well, have no bosses. Easy. I, I had my own experience <laughs> like that. Now I've been my own boss for, uh, for well over 15 years and, and, and I love it. And so recently I had one of those moments myself where for a whole bunch of reasons of where I was living at the time, for the, over a decade, I've been getting up at uh, 5 a.m. twice a week on Thursdays mm-hmm. and Sundays to do the No Agenda show. And that's just for the prep and I need to do it on the day of, etc. <clears throat> and uh, and I finally said, you know, this is crazy. It's like, I'm the boss of me. It's a podcast. I want to get up at 7. Because, you know, what happens is you get up at 5 two days a week. You get up at 5 mm-hmm. every day. It's, it's something right. about men, too. It's like, ah, it's just a new we day start. We have one start. time. <laughs> That's it. We got one time, and it, we program it in our brain, and that's what we do. I, I want it to be seven, you know? And and I and I said it. I want it to be, and, you know, people push back, like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. you're going to upset the the balance of the universe if we can't listen live. Hey, I live in, uh, in India. That sucks. It's too late for me. And I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I am my own boss for a reason. I want to get up at seven. I'm moving up towards 60 years old. I want to, and, and you're able to do that. And it's great. Now, it's still a vow of poverty. So, <laughs> like I say, but, we have to listen to the, 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 all the mini bosses that we have. And yes, like, exactly. So, oh, we love but it. They're, they're understanding. But yeah, that, that, was, that was a great feeling. That was my first. Uh, congratulations. Ah, congratulations. <laughs> like, good, good. It's a great feeling. Uh, Raymond Barry, $80.69. Sir Vegas Ray, Knight of, uh, City, of Naked City, Las Vegas, Nevada. Keep up the good work. And he's got uh, some eyes, a thumbs up, and a smile emoji. Mm-hmm. Eric Elaine, $80. No, nope, but we appreciate it, Eric. Daniel Fletcher, two, uh, two different donations, uh, 35 and 35, 70 combined. Uh, and he says, thanks. Here's another one. Anonymous G with 5445. Uh, no note, anonymous, value for value. Much love. Thank you. Uh, Tigard Kent, Tigard Kent, $51. Thanks for another lesson, Mo. Keep it up. Uh, then we have our associate executive producers, $50 from Douglas Mook, uh, from Marcus Hazard, who says, I need that phone chirp again. I'm about to ask my girl's father for her hand in marriage. Need all the <laughs> blessings that I can get. Oh, hold on a second. All right, Nissan, man. Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> Next television, uh, future father-in-law. All right, crank it up. Oh. It feels so good, doesn't it? Let's hit him one more because we really wanted to say yes. All right, man. Let us know if that works. Uh, then we have Sir Beachbum, $50. Love the show. Mo has an affinity for laying out the facts and then hitting you with a zinger at the end. Keep it up. That is indeed the formula. 
<laughs> Amy M, $50. Thanks for the value. And uh, Brian R, also $50. I love what you do. Keep posting on Instagram when you have a new episode or YouTube. I, it's pretty much the only way I hear about it. Okay. Yeah. You can also use a podcast app and you'll be notified. Mm-hmm. That's another way to do it. Martin Benedictus, $25 times two. So 50. He scores the associate executive producership today. The last one. Uh, two messages for the two uh, for the two different donations. Thank you for the great podcast. Hope you're doing well. And GBG, which uh, technically should be a hashtag GBG, I guess. We, uh, we, we, we tried to launch that as a hashtag. Didn't pound we? sound. You know what? We need pound to bring sign. the pound, pound sign. sign. Back. Like, call pound it the, sign. GBG. The pound sign. No. <laughs> hey. wait, wait. It's the same. <laughs> Same amount of space speaking, you know, hashtag pound sign. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm going to bring it back. I'm, I, that's my pound new, sign. Okay. Yeah, you bring, all right. Back. Let me know yes. how that works out, Mo. Hey, <laughs> color people, you saw how effective that was. So, <laughs> hey, <don't doubt> <laughs> and then a couple of boostergrams. Uh, the preferred method, if you uh, can figure it out, which more and more people are doing, is through uh, a modern podcast app where you can send little uh, little bits of Bitcoin to us. Uh, equivalent to any dollar amount or euro amount or anything you want, except there's complete freedom. No one can interrupt that money supply. Um, and uh, we currently are holding on to it to hopefully build generational wealth for both the Fax and Curry families. Uh, but we do appreciate that. When possible, go to newpodcastapps.com to get one. And we thank Sir Dwayne Melanson, 52,000 Satoshis. And he says, this is for the excellent pizza party episode. Thank you for your eye-opening analysis as usual, Mo. Uh, Harv Hat, 51,500. Need some Mo facts. 49,490 from Auburn Citadel. Great show, Adam uh, Mo is what he says there. Then we have uh, Boost, 5,000 from Orchard Pig. Another 4949 from Auburn Citadel. 1,000 from Cape, another MoFax Mike drop, he says. Dreb Scott, who does all the chapters for us, uh, he actually is giving it back again with 1,000 Satoshis. Appreciate that. Shout uh, out to Dreb. Yes. Letter 6173 with uh, 777. So that is a, uh, a Christian good luck symbol. You fucking rock, he says. <laughs> she says, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I right. It, went, it, went left it goes to. I know it goes together well, doesn't? It? I'm just calling it as I see it, I man. Know. Hey, it's it's Bitcoin. What can I tell you? Uh, then we have a couple of uh, boosts here. Five hundred uh, from another from Dreb Scott. Three thirty three from Chad Farrow, who says in the morning to the Fax family, and he boosted a couple other times. As did Brian Mossy. Thank you very much for your boost for your boost to Graham's new podcast apps.com. and of course your fiat fund coupons. will take anything we can get. Uh, go to mofax.com or directly to the donation page at mofundme.com. And thank you very much for supporting episode number 80. All right. So kind of laid out the Elon Musk thing. And uh, well, I feel like it's an important move because uh, I think this could really shape which way this country goes. You know, I mean, and that's not, and that's, I'm not being, uh, uh, you know, it, overinflated when I say that. No, I mean, it, we're on a, we're on a, we're teetering right now. Well, but um, what's interesting now that um, I understand Black Twitter and the manipulation and how powerful it is, certainly what it did with Black Lives hashtag Black Lives Matter Inc. Um, I wonder if Elon Musk understands that mechanism. Uh, yes, he understands how powerful it is. Yes, I'm sure he he understand he sees how 
it drove Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if he completely understands the whole mechanism as we just discussed in the last two hours. I don't think so, actually. I don't think a lot of people do it. Not just the two our horns, but I think it's when you get caught in the echo chamber, you believe black Twitter is black representing of representative of black. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. And then you hear people like this guy. So this is a this is a power user. Uh, uh, Ellie Mistal. Are you familiar with him? Name rings a bell, but no. I can. I'll give you an image: uh, a black guy with a big white afro. Oh, that guy! Oh yeah, MSNBC. Exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, that I love to hate that guy. He's a hate watch. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a total and, and hate watch. And you, you, you. Uh, I, number twenty. I can't even get it out. Go ahead, twenty. <laughs> My next guest has committed to making a few changes over the next fifty weeks. He's listed his goals for all to see, but the one that got me listening is the last one. He says he's going to avoid Twitter fights with white people he doesn't respect over issues that they don't understand. <laughs> and my friend is here to talk about that with us today. Welcome back to Ellie Mistel, justice correspondent for the nation and social media sage. I would sage. love for you to just start off by, you sage. know, as one of the most prolific voices, I believe, on social media. Talk to us about your strategy for <gasps> using those platforms to, to have conversations. Yeah, it's going so poorly for me in, or, in my attempts to kind of keep my blood pressure down um, from engaging with these fools on social media. But let, let's start at the beginning, right? Like, why do I do this at all, right? And, and a big part of the reason why I am vociferous and bombastic and always kind of ready to throw down and throw hands on social media um, is because I have a platform and thus, I believe, a duty to do it, right? There are a lot of people who agree with me. There are a lot of black people, especially um, in professional environments who cannot say the kinds of things that I can say to these people um, because they have to worry about their job. They have to worry about their paper. They have to worry about the boss that might be listening, looking over their shoulder. There are lots of good reasons why lots of smart black people, smart lawyer type black people cannot go all in on these people. I can't. Huh, this guy smart, dedicated. This guy has very little background I mean, Harvard and Law. very little backbone while you're at it. I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, but it's really interesting. Where's this guy from? And he, his, he, he fell out. And one of those other people fell out the sky. Well, his, his I, wiki page reads like, interestingly enough, a spook. I mean, it doesn't even have where he grew up. I mean, they, they're always trying to get that balance right. Him and Malcolm, uh, you mentioned his name before. They Malcolm Nance. About the same, Malcolm mm-hmm. Nance. They mm-hmm. showed up about the same time, and he's he's like being pushed as the authority uh, of the Constitution. Yeah, which he I thinks mean, is yeah, his trash. Book, his book, yeah, his book is uh, goggles curry. Uh, he thinks his book. He thinks his book is uh, uh, like so. He's on the front of his book cover, and he has his big white afro. He looks like a toadstool off of uh, Mario Brothers. And yeah, I'm roasting him for the simple fact is he goes out here like he represents all black men. You know where he's from? You know where he's from? Where he was born? Where? Where do you think? Uh, Quantico. Haiti. 
See, that's mm-hmm. that. If that, anybody realize, and this is not, this is no distance and not, uh, not ADOS, not foundational black people in America, because we have a lot, way more allies than detractors. But do we see an overrepresentation of in the media of non? Yes, not not Yes, yes, of course we do. And that's because they either don't. When I was saying about uh, Joy and reading the other clips, there's something inside of me that wouldn't allow me to say those things and portray black people in that way, knowing how they were done with COINTELPRO, knowing how the Panthers were done, you know, mm-hmm. put, putting aside how the Panthers were put together, but just talking about the media, the illust- I mean, how they were illustrated in the media. So, but I think they, they lack that in some way. Yes. Well, they're phonies. They're just phonies. They're, right. Mean, yeah, they're phonies. They're imposters. And you have this guy coming up here like he represents, like I said, black black people and he goes on black Twitter. But if you notice, he was very specific and even, you know, saying, oh, the professional. No, this is that boule. Well, this is that boule yes, pulling, pulling yes. away. Here's the question, though. So yeah. I'm looking at older pictures. Mm-hmm. This This white fro is a new deal for him it is and I, i'm gonna go to that Let me, i'm gonna continue with the roast the mo- I, I i have learned so much about black uh-huh. i'm so a, proud a of white, myself a white-headed black man is often seen as less threatening mm. see uncle ben ah. no I'm, I'm out benson how about you. benson yeah, I mean, benson yeah <laughs> that, 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 that all white yes. you know what I'm he has no facial hair no yeah. hence no nothing a semblance of masculinity and i'm not like i said i'm i'm he put himself in this position to say he speaks for me so this is my critique of somebody that said that they speak for me no you don't speak for me uh and and i don't speak for all black men that's why i always say these are my this is I speak for myself. Now, there are there people that think like me? Yes. But I don't go out there and say, all black men think this and all black. No. But he does that and he's brought in to do that. And he said some very, uh, use their term, problematic things about black men. So that this is this is where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, when you start having, it's kind of like when you have a person of that group go out and criticize that group, it has it holds more weight. Right. And that's why they're using him. But he, he does not, you know, like I said, not very, that that white afro is, is very non-threatening. Purpose. Yeah, purposeful. It, very, right. <clears throat> um, so let's go ahead and get into 21. My starting point for a clapback, I should say. Is there something that I can say or do or point out here that other people you know are gonna you know are gonna are gonna agree with or one out there to be said but i'm one of the only people that can say it kind of correctly and if that bar is crossed i am happy to kind of get in there get into the weeds get into the muck and throw down you know they say that you know you wrestle with the pig don't wrestle with the pig because you're both gonna get dirty yeah I, whatever i take a shower all right like i don't mind getting dirty if that's <laughs> what it takes to, to push the point across. Wow, this is so offensive. <laughs> now that we know this guy's from Haiti, he's she's like, oh, you know, oh yeah, it's just as bad for me, bro. Th- that, now you see what I said. They take it. They, they take our stuff. And and did, and, and, and did he take? Did he take your your? Did he take Black America's favorite cleaning product and appropriate that too? 
What's that? He said shout or because. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You said shout. About, yeah, but wait a minute, isn't it tied? Isn't it tied? I mean, well, shout is what you put on the really tough stains. So he's uh, appropriating stains, everything. It, it, I mean, it's one thing to use it because that's where I, how mm-hmm. I learned to wash from my black roommate in college. Right. But you're not going to virtue signal with that if you're from Haiti. Everything about them is learned through pop culture. Oh, yeah. But that's why it's over. It's not rooted in anything. It's not, you know, the, the, it's certain things you can say, and it's just that it's, it's root. It's a certain, like I said, it's a, it's, it's a lived experience. And that's why you can tell the authentic. Uh, version of it against you know the manufactured version of it yeah this guy has not lived the shout it shouted out life right like, like he does his own laundry you know what i'm saying come on come on I mean, like, seriously. Right, i'm gonna continue with the clip i'm uh, sorry but, but hold, on, hold on let me let me say this right quick because this is on the bnc the black news uh channel which is now defunct yeah and that gone. just goes to show you that you can't ma- you can bring in your charles blows you can bring in your mark lamont hills it's not gonna work these people don't speak they don't have they have it's kind of like when people buy jordans but they don't know how to put do the laces you know what i'm saying it's like (laughs) you can have the shoes but you don't know how to rock them right and they they just don't know how to rock it right and it shows well, you know, you, you do wall up with a lot of dogs, but I got to say, I, I don't think you get up with fleas. And I actually appreciate you taking one for the team and being our team. voice out there because you Woo. say a whole lot of stuff that I wish that I would say. And I don't even know why. I just don't. I, I would love for you, you to tell you us <laughs> some of the, you know, craziest fights that you are having on social media right now that are really uh, meaningful. You're engaging in them because you really see an opportunity to move the conversation or at least to, to oh, wake people my up and Goodness! So this, so the oh, he's the warrior. Now I get it. That's what right. he does. He that he does that all day professionally on Twitter. But that's the thing. The irony of it is like all Trump wow. does with Twitter thing, or Forty Five Savage does with you know saying Twitter throws, right, Twitter right, throws, right. But this is but they want scalps. Like I said, yep. this is the point of yep. it. And yep. but it's, it's yeah. Okay. Don't poo poo it. There's okay, more. There's more. Yeah, look, I, I, I focus on the courts. And so I get a lot of, I get a lot of people who are, are kind of from that world, who have some legal training, who simply aren't <laughs> used to having to, to hear what the courts look like and how they sound like from the perspective of a black person. And they show up on my feed with like concerns, kind of not understanding that I'm an expert in this, that I've been doing this for 10 years, that I, that I'm black. <laughs> oh, so, what a that's, joke. that's that's a power user right there. Yeah. So yeah. in this next clip, you said it, and, and and that's why I told you goggles because you're gonna hear him try to launch a meme or launch a hashtag. <laughs> what you just said was him trying to launch a hashtag, and it failed. So let's go ahead and listen to it, and I want to hear your uh, your opinion on the other side. I live in Florida, so I'm like on ground zero of where uh, all of this is happening. I'm I'm out of my mind about the bills banning conversations about race and ethnicity and and LGBTQ, uh, just even mentioning gender identity in primary schools. But some will say, okay, so are you arguing for throwing out the Constitution? Should the Constitution be thrown out? What do we do? Is it a living document? Is it a or is it a sacred document? It's certainly not sacred. All right, let's start there. The Constitution is kind of trash 
<laughs> let's just again. Let's just talk as adults first. What did you say? It's what? It's kind Not of trash. 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 It was it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody look like me what they thought about the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, "Oh, Jim, come over here. What do you think about this old Constitution?" Yeah. Well, Massa, I so don't like how Whoa. you sell my children. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, Matt, this King John- his ancestors spoke French. You phony. Oh, he needs to be stopped. <laughs> My, my grandpappy used to say, ain't no taxation without representation for Massa. Like, that's not what happened, <laughs> okay. right? This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say if that, if that, if that is the starting point, mm-hmm. the very least wow. we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. That's do you want the to rewrite it? Line. Do you want to rewrite it? I could, right? <laughs> I, could, I could rewrite parts of it in a tweet, right? Like, how about popular election for the, for, for the president? Mm-hmm. Um, people vote, not land. That's not even in there, is it? I'm saying yeah, that's that's what I was if I was rewriting it, we could do it in a tweet, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? um, term limits right. for Supreme Court justices. And how about no states' rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing, and guns? Right. <laughs> just better. That's just, that's just better, and you can do that in a tweet. Oh, my. That whole riff was fantastic. And he was trying to meme. He was trying to launch was constitution is trash. Kind of trash. Kind of trash. Yeah. That's that's these are how they try to launch these hashtags. That way somebody, oh, constitution trash is kind of trash. You know, these kind of they'll have different variations and whichever one people kind of latch on to. This is how it works. And he was trying to make that happen. But you, you can't. It's not. It's it's the his message. He he's not a creative hashtag. No, I mean, and this is because he's not because he's not really black. He doesn't have the the groove. Doesn't have the vibe. He doesn't know how to do that. It's a it's a timing that comes with it, Mm -hmm. and the fact that when you say get rid of the Constitution, whoa. You're saying now you're talking about get rid of the First Amendment. Yeah. Now you're talking about get rid of the Second Amendment. Yeah. Now you're saying these. Well, hold on. Well, then, yeah. then now what? What? What are we playing by? And you notice how he had to do the black and brown, oh. the woman. He had to hit. This is that coalition. There's, they have to always a, check those boxes. He he, he, to, he, did, he didn't do LGBTQ though. He screwed that up. Well, but you saw uh, what's her name? Oh yeah, she yeah, Navarro. No, Anna Navarro. Yeah, she she threw it in there. She checked it for him, so she's like, okay. (laughs) She's like, you double. I got it. I got you. I got you, bro. I got you. You you can run with the mammy shit. I got this one. Wow. Right. So so this is this is how they try to do it, and now this is where the second part comes in, and and why I felt that the whole Elon Musk thing is a big problem for a certain group of people. I want people to pay attention to the two timelines that we're going here. Elon Musk by Twitter, and then all of a sudden, Obama comes with the disinformation governance uh, board. This is so interesting that you bring this up, Mo. Again, you have, I love you for this. Do you mind if I just tell you that I sure, noticed the exact same thing? And there was, <laughs> and there was one extra. It was, it was Obama showing up. It was the disinformation board. And he, mm-hmm. by the way, he showed up at the cyber, um, Stanford Cyber Policy Institute, where he spoke for that hour. And um, there was also another Brookings Institution piece about podcasting. 
And, and it was weird because, you know, we've already seen these, oh, podcasting has to be moderated. It's dangerous. And this is the whole reason for podcasting 2.0 is because mm-hmm. I knew this was coming. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are they doing this piece again? And so Dave Jones and I are going through it on the, on the board meeting for podcasting 2.0. And I start clicking on some of the links like, oh, Oh my God, it's all about Bannon and disinformation and how, how disinformation kills people, the exact words that Obama used. And so it was this, and so my, my kind of the, the, the punchline is mm-hmm. they set up this whole thing with all these different messages of disinformation. They bring out Obama for the disinformation and then they choose this Nina Yankowitz who was so obviously mockable for so many things. It was just like, wow, you put a lot of effort into bringing in this candidate who is there because her specialty is, wait for it, Russian <laughs> and, <laughs> and Ukrainian. So, you know, everything will, that, that is uncomfortable, in my opinion, through this governance board will be run through the lens of Russian disinformation. And the thing was, I've been champing at the bit because we had to postpone the show from last week. Mm-hmm. I saw this link, all these clips, except for a few that I'm going to it later. This is like 90% of the show. Because I saw it coming. I was like, oh, Elon buys Twitter. They have to go governmental. Yes. Control. They yeah. can't control him. And, and, that, and that's why he bought it. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, okay. Go I'm going to blow your mind now. All okay, right. please. All right, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. This is a clip that I'm going to play on tomorrow's No Agenda show. And it's from 2016. Uh, We played this on No Agenda. And this was Obama. um, And I think it was before the election. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was before the election. Listen to this. Have to rebuild within this wild, wild west of information flow some sort of curating function that people agree to. Uh, you know, I use the analogy in politics. It used to be there were three television stations and Walter Cronkite's on there, and uh, not everybody agreed, and there were always outliers who thought that it was all propaganda and we didn't really land on the moon and uh, Elvis is still alive and so forth. But generally that was in you know, the, the, the papers that you bought uh, in, in the supermarket, right, uh, as you were checking out. Um, and, and generally people trusted a, a basic body of information. Um, it wasn't always as democratic as it should have been. And Zoe's exactly <laughs> right that, for example, on something like climate change, we've actually been doing some interesting initiatives where we're essentially deputizing citizens with handheld technologies to start recording information that then gets pooled, they're becoming scientists without getting the PhD. And we can do that in a lot of other fields as well. But there has to be, I think, some sort of way in which we can sort through information that passes some basic uh, truth, truthiness tests. Truthiness. Uh, and, uh, and, and those that we have to discard uh, because they just don't have any basis in uh, anything that's actually happening in the world. And that's hard to do, uh, but I think it's, it, it's going to be necessary, it's going to be possible. I, I think uh, the answer is obviously not censorship, but it's, it's creating places where people can say this is reliable. 
and I'm still able to argue about uh, safely about facts uh, and what we should do about it uh, while, while still uh, not just making stuff up. So to me, what mm-hmm. Musk is doing and what Obama is describing here in 2016 is the same thing. See, it, and it doesn't really matter. The outcome is the same. Whether Musk is the shill mm-hmm. or whether he's sincere, the the truthiness test is coming I through, think through regulations. I think he's the opposition to what Obama's trying to do because you have two th- schools of thought. Should corporations own it and like the uh, the owners of those companies or should the government control it? So this is where I think they part ways. Now, <laughs> like, I, like we talked about on the last show, when they build these systems, anybody will be able to wield the power of it. But it's about who's going to have that power. Is it the, you know, is it the, you know, the boards and the CEOs or is the government coming in and telling you what you can say and how you can say it on your platforms? Well, the government is not just the U.S. government, so the European Union government has mm-hmm. already stated their case. The, Elon will adhere to them, or he will not operate in the European Union. And uh, in the United States and globally, ESG scores dictates what companies do. Uh, so uh, they will do all. They will if he's if he if he's not playing on their team, they will annihilate him. So Twitter. Let me get, let me get this straight because I, I mean I have a few questions about this deal. So Twitter will no longer be publicly traded when it goes through. How does that work? I mean, if he owns it, yeah, all, right. all the shares uh, right. are are bought by Elon, and so everyone mm-hmm. everyone gets fifty four dollars and twenty cents a share, and That's then and then yeah. it's and then he takes it, he delists it, takes out the stock market is no longer public company, so he can so, do whatever he wants. So wants. does ESG really have an impact on you then? I believe so. If, if it obviously he can't be delisted, uh, taxation. Uh, there's many different ways that that's going to play. You uh, can't de-platform me because I am the platform. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, I'm fascinated by this because this is letting your, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, but, you, but I'm, your balls I'm, hang. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 bought, I bought the building. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm just seeing, I'm seeing it differently. Yeah. I, what I see is, when you say, he said op, I was almost going to agree. I think he's the operator. I think he's. I think he's the opposition. No, I think he's the opera. I know what you think, it's, and and it's a, I just I disagree can see it from your side too. But yeah. I'm just saying it's fascinating that we we're looking at the same set of information, the same set of facts, and coming away with two totally different. Uh, I mean, which is, if it, if it's the same a psyop, same it same result, same result, yeah. but it's the same result. Either way, Twitter is going to be regulated, and, and Obama's been out here for. Over a month pushing this, that Stanford wasn't the first wasn't the first speech. I I have the first. I'm saying we're going to get to that, but let's oh, go ahead. Good. Oh. This this is this is the local this is the local news talking about the disinformation governance board in, in Sioux City. The Department of Homeland Security tonight is taking on dangerous disinformation. They've created a new board dedicated specifically to tackling that issue, but some lawmakers are raising concerns. Hannah Brandt explains why. 
the government is launching a new effort to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort. It turns out some lawmakers do. They want to police the speech of American citizens. It is absolutely insane. The Department of Homeland Security insists their new disinformation governance board is meant to combat dangerous misinformation. Disinformation that imperils the safety um, uh, and security of our homeland. The board is brand new, so exactly how they'll do that is unclear. But many Republicans are sounding the alarm bells and even comparing it to the Ministry of Truth from the dystopian novel 1984. This is nothing more than a blatant attempt to install a Ministry of Truth in order to push Biden's propaganda. Congressman Andrew Clyde calls the board unconstitutional. And Senator Marsha Blackburn says it's censorship. They're going to say, we're going to step in here and we are going to take control because there are some things we want you to know and there are some things we don't. The Biden administration argues there's a major need to combat the lies and conspiracies that mislead people and sow division. There has been a range of disinfo out there about a range of topics, I mean, including COVID, for example, and also elections and eligibility. But Senator Josh Hawley wants the board to be dissolved. Just because you disagree with your opponent doesn't mean it's disinformation. In Washington, I'm Hannah Brandt. Yeah, that was, you know, that's the type of piece that everyone gets the same copy for. Goes to all the mm. local stations. And that could very well come from AP. You're, you're right in. The, and by the way, Mo, uh, I, th- we're coming to different conclusions mm. just for, you know, different for different reasons. Um. I would love to see to see Twitter uh, be freed and for it to work and become the cesspool that it can. It'd be great. And it would be that would be hilarious. It's great for business. Yeah, but it's yes. <laughs> no, that's not moral. This is not. Yeah, yeah me, it's great for business. Yeah. This is not Elon Musk coming. We we're saying through with his bulletproof Tesla. You're know saying to save Twitter. No, this is about who controls the way the company country goes. Well, company. I mean, that was almost a Freudian slip. Who controls the way the company goes? Does it go with the corporation calling the shots or the government calling the shots? And I think what what Elon Musk did, the way he did it, to say, I can buy something that's not for sale, that's very threatening to the government. Yeah, but you know what? This, this is again, what, this, this, is, this is something that just doesn't fit with me. Twitter has been for sale for a long time. For a long time. To who? To who? Anybody. Though? Anybody. Google, Facebook, That's uh, all the same Amazon. Side. That's what? all the same side. All, all of them. Like, why, why would I buy more of what I already got? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how they look at it. Like, no, no, no. I, 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 in, my, in my eyes. In, in, look, just in my eyes. T- Google is, in, Google, Facebook, a better example. Facebook is incredibly political. Why would they not want to control that? Why would they not? Tell me why. Would the people who control the political messaging on Facebook not want to add Twitter to their to their portfolio? The the way I see it is this: they all were asleep because it's like no nobody with differing views will buy it, so we don't have to worry about buying it. And then you have this guy come in; it says, mm, "Okay, I see what I, you're I'm saying." Like he, it's like a robber baron kind of thing. It's the same way the Rockefellers will operate, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like we're going to buy all the train tracks. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we're not going to buy the train tracks. We're going to buy the steel company. By the way, Dvorak is also on your side of this argument. Okay. Well, I'm in good company then. So, so. Yeah, that's right. An even older uh, white man. Go for it. I, I, <laughs> I, 
I tell you who, who hey, hey, from the guy from Billions, you know, hey, that's that's my that's my guy. Uh, oh, uh, Prince, uh, Michael Prince. No, no, the uh, the daddy, Charles. Uh, um, Oh, uh, Charles, dad, Charles, Charles, uh, senior. Oh that, yeah. That's, that's, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my kind of guy right there. I'm glad, so, uh, I, I'm glad he stayed on throughout the, the new series. Yeah. yeah. He, he, him and wags keep it real. <laughs> that, but once again, that's that how wokeness ruins things. Just I mean, as a just quick aside. So yeah, you're right now, but this is, I find this interesting because CNN, this is Dana Bash <laughs> and this is her talking to, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Yes. The, Listen to her tone. It, it, it's, 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 it's getting weird out here, folks. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Let's talk about a, a different topic, which is uh, what you are calling, your department is calling the Disinformation Governance Board. You unveiled that uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it monitor American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It's clear. I mean, those criticisms are precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So the the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. And this department has been addressing it for years throughout the years of the prior administration and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from Russia, China. We know the problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What what will it do? So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. Oh, okay. Oh, I can't wait to see. How, he didn't actually explain how they do it. Oh, no, that's uh, uh, what's it called craft secrets, <laughs> trade, trade secrets. secrets. Yes, yeah, sources yeah, and methods. Say, sources and yeah, methods, Mo. They gotta tell you how. But isn't this a weird tone from CNN, who's been pretty much the governmental lapdog up until this point? You mean that they're changing tune a little bit and becoming a little more adversarial? Yeah, because I mean, especially Dana Bash. You know, she's all in for. <laughs> Whatever it is, uh, as you would think, like this is anti. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, maybe. What, you have more? Maybe, maybe uh, convince me more in the next piece. Uh, let's, get, let's, let's go. This is the second piece. And the board, the, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational will, authority. Will American citizens be monitored? Operators. No. Guarantee that. So what we do, we we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. Republicans are criticizing 
your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowicz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? Eminently qualified, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Would you be okay if Donald Trump were president, if he created this disinformation board, governance board, or if it is in place and he wins again in 2024, that he's in charge of such a thing? I believe that this working group that gathers together gathers together best practices, makes sure that our, our work is uh, coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of free speech, that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. Uh, no, Dana Bash is playing along. I think she's playing controlled opposition here. Once again, I, I see this is but, but let me let me tell you. Let me tell you why why I feel that. When he said not once but tw- three times, the operators. We give that to the operators. No follow up. No question. Who is that? Who are the operators? They've been doing this for decades. Who? Are, what do they do? What exact is that? FBI? Is that? Uh, uh, NSA? Is that local police? Is that uh, Twitter themselves? She wasn't asking that. She was, She was, in my opinion, she was throwing up the, the opposition, giving him softballs to address them with non-answers. And she did not question any of his non-answers. <clears throat> the way I see it is this. The typical CNN interview would have went so tell me how this is going to be good for banning uh, uh, white supremacists. I or, agree or, with you or, that or I missed that. Yes, I agree. I missed the uh, January sixth. I missed. None of, none, <laughs> I miss, yes, all she I, wanted to know I is how, how this how is this going to impact our business? See, because at the end of the day, the governance board is governing the media companies, and they're looking at it. Look, we we mm. we took your we took your twenty sixteen. Mm. We took your Black mm. Lives Matter. Mm. We took your pro uh, LGBT. Okay, okay. We're bleeding out. You're we're doing good. You're doing here. good. You're, yep, you're, you're you're dragging me over the line. You're getting me closer. <laughs> I got one one toe close. So what? So what? They lost three hundred million dollars for like a, a month worth of service because it's their news is so sanitized that you make Tucker Carlson seem radical. All right, hold, I mean, like just things like that. Thinking yeah, just hold, hold on a second. The C, you're talking about CNN Plus? Yes. No, the, 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 don't get caught up in that. They got no. bought. They got bought. The new owners didn't want it. It didn't get shut down because it had no one watching. It got that's shut down. That's my point. It's not in, was not ever in the plan. But that's my point, though. They threw $300 million away on something they couldn't even salvage. They couldn't even say, you know what? Let's bring in new talent. You know, let's uh, shake it up a little bit. Uh, no, they said we had to scrap this whole thing. And I think they're scrapping the whole woke business model. It's like, you know what? We'll go back to fair and balance. We will ask the yes. safe questions like she was doing. Yes. Well, that, that, well, that was the act. I got well, there's, on that. there's another thing that we've noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Discovery uh, bought uh, Warner, AT&T, and, uh, or Warner. And so they bought uh, CNN with it. Right, so this is mm-hmm. all discovery. Yeah, um, so the the big man uh, who's really in control of this whole deal is uh, Malone, John Malone. Okay, I mean the Warner Brothers CEO is a different guy, but John Malone is the chairman, and he is a he's a forty five savage guy. That's what's going on here, 
and that's what I'm saying. The tone is switching. And and, 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 and we've noticed, you know, they've cleaned up. They cleaned up the Cuomo they kid. They cleaned up all the pedophiles. Yeah, they got all the, well, I think not all, not all. I think they got the tip of the iceberg maybe. But yeah, they, they got some of the pedos out of there, the pedo bears. Uh, who else did they? They cleaned up they Cuomo, cleaned, the Cuomo kid. Cuomo I mean, they, they, cleaned up they, his shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaned all of that up, got rid of it. You know, any, and I'm sure there's been internal shakeups and, uh, and of course, Zucker himself, uh, left. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, I think, uh, people are very cautious. Dana Bash, she's not going to get another gig. She's auditioning to stay. Yes, and 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 it's going to be reporting on missing airplanes. We're going back to that. Business. We're going back to that business model. Yeah, possibly. Hey, you know, just do more Amber Heard. I mean, I'll even watch that. What would you just say? Exactly. That, yeah. That's. I think the woke media in is uh, is like old news, and I think they don't want Obama looking over their shoulder. Who? What CEO will want the government give the government more power? Mm-hmm. This is not about ideology. This is about, do I want the government looking over my shoulder mm-hmm. to say, oh, that's disinformation. Right. That's different. You no, know, that's bad for business. And that's why yeah. I said that they, they bleed out that way. Yeah. So just to go to the other side of the spectrum, now we have Tulsi Galbert. She was on with Will Kane on Fox News, and she's saying it's a both sides are in on it. Is Joe Biden that radical that he's relying on Orwellian tactics to hold on to control? Or... Hmm. Like on everything else, is he just the front man for someone else in the Democratic Party? (laughs) Tulsi Gabbard is a former Hawaii congresswoman and a former presidential candidate, and she has some thoughts on who might actually be pulling the strings on Joe Biden. Hi, Tulsi. So if Joe's not really in charge, who is? Uh, I I think it's no surprise to know that it's not just uh, Obama, but it's the whole Obama-Clinton machine that has been in power for a long time and continues to pull the strings behind the curtain in the Biden administration. But when we're talking about this ministry of truth, Will, what's even more disturbing than the fact that you have all these Democrats who are supporting it is that there are powerful Republicans who are supporting it as well. Uh, There's one in particular over the last couple of days who's been very vocal on television about this, and I want to read his direct quote because it it was very disturbing to me. He says, this is an important function of the Department of Homeland Security, but they put the absolute wrong person in charge of it. Ooh, who was this? Hold on. The fact that she didn't say who it was. Yes, she said important Republican. But she never said his name. Isn't that weird? I mean, because you picked up on it. Because you said, who is this? The fact that you quote somebody and don't give their name lets me know that remember, like, that's, a friend of, that's a friend of ours. Remember, <laughs> Tulsi is, of course, one of the World Economic Forum young global leaders. And that's, that's my whole point. That's my whole point is that I think that they want to get back to business as usual. These, both these media operations are controlled, as you just heard with her. Mm-hmm. She couldn't even say the Republican's name because they're sure that Republican is a friend of who at the Fox News Network. And it's like, okay, you can get on here and talk bipartisan, but you can't say his name. And I've never heard somebody give a quote where you know who said it, but you don't say who it is. That, that was. Do we know who said it? No, she never said. Damn. And, and they didn't ask. The same thing, like you said, with the Dana Pack thing. No, no follow-up, no nothing. I think the media is like, we're tired of playing this game. It's, it's back to business. 
and they're okay with Elon getting Twitter because well, both sides gets what you want to get good hashtags. Now you know what? You know what? Can, you know yeah. what really brought them all together? War in What's Ukraine. That? War in Ukraine brought the news media together because they all all bow to the uh, military industrial complex. They all have to do it. That's so much money. Brought to you by Boeing. <laughs> yes. The, the, yes. The, the new thing is going to yeah. be Boeing. Like brought to you by Boeing. Brought you, to you by you Boeing. Bet. Well, look at PBS. It's uh, often brought to you by Boeing. Um, and Boeing is just another contractor. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, this is a good observation, Mo. This is good. I, I'm just looking at the timing. And mm-hmm. I think somebody may have tipped, you know, because, of course, I'm sure... Oh, it, it was it was Twitter super board. it was super co- coordinated and it, you're right I think you're right all right so let's go ahead and get into 26 and well the the problem here is not the person they put in charge of it the bigger problem here is the board itself the bigger problem here is that unfortunately we have powerful Democrats and Republicans who are supporting this Ministry of Truth who do not believe in the Constitution and freedom of speech who have no faith in the American people and are willing to put our taxpayer dollars towards this propaganda department, uh, this this ministry of truth. It, it's something that belongs in a dictatorship. A ministry of truth does not belong in the United States of America. You know, the, the ministry of truth thing is, it, unfortunately, it's a misnomer. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not what the ministry of truth did in, uh, in 1984, in the movie, in the book. What they did right. is change history to fit the current narrative. That's what the news media does. <laughs> That's they're the ministry of truth. What these exactly? What, that, you, now you exactly. Ding 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 ding. Right. Don't tell us how. To, what, what, the, what the guy say? Uh, this is our job. This is yeah, our it's, job. It's our job to tell you what to think. Yeah. Not the government. That's that. I think that's the pushback. I don't. Yes. Like, there's nobody that's benevolent in this, or oh, no, you know. No. Okay, hold on a second. Now, yes. Now I now I know what I hear in Dana Bash. Dana Bash. Uh-huh. She's sad. She's not mad. She's sad. Well, what are you going to be doing with this ministry of truth? Because weren't we doing a good enough job? It was okay. So I mean, don't, aren't we good at shaming people? Why do you have to do it different? That's what I heard in her voice. And they can change whatever they they own the the rubber stamp of what's disinformation. So when it comes back and say, "Oh, CNN, you are pushing a lot of this agenda." And we yep. see that this is disinformation or whoever, Fox mm. News, the same thing. It's, ah, yes, it's you've, wide, you've widened my perspective to this entire uh, this entire gambit. I appreciate it. All right, so we're going to remind people that I, I, for the longest, said Obama was in power mm-hmm. <laughs> as, yes. soon, as soon as the election was over. Yes. Let's just remind people from the throwback clip that he said it himself that he was up for a third term. And what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec, uh, a, a third term? Um and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, wow. I, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, no, that, and you know how that was really clear? What was going on? And it's interesting because JCD, I can't get him to believe this because, you know, we, we've talked about it and I agree. Uh-huh. And I said, dude, it's so obvious. He said, well, who's, who's really in charge? I said, it's, it's the whole group, it's the whole cabal. 
And I think Obama is the is the spokeshole of the cabal internally. You know, they all worship him, so he's the guy. And you know, you know, whoever's got his ear, the, you know, he communicates. I mean, he's he's the, uh, yeah, well part of it. Yeah, he's the alpha dog. Uh, but it was so apparent when he and uh, when he was at the White House, and this is one shot. Uh, uh, Obama and uh, the vice president. They're, you know, they're working the crowd and they're working like president and vice president. And Joe Biden is behind them. Oh, I thought you meant the, no, no, meant the uh, vice president, Joe. Exactly. <laughs> um, and and uh, Biden is behind them. Now, we, we've all seen that he's kind of looking lost and stuff. But mm. then he tries to get President Obama's attention, puts his hand on his shoulder. And I hadn't seen that the first time I saw the clip. And he holds his hand there. And Obama does kind of like a quarter, not even a quarter, like an eight turn with his head. And out of his peripheral vision, sees it's Joe and just looks right back and keeps talking with people. And Biden still has his hand on his shoulder. He completely ignores him. Like, I don't know what his falsehood that Joe, I mean, Obama likes Joe Biden. He never liked Joe Biden. No, he hated him. He's a clean, he's a clean. (laughs) He never liked him. He just needed him. I know. But he's. But to, that that was a public display, and it was a mistake mm-hmm. on Obama's part. It was a mistake, and and that will ultimately trip him up in this in this in this little thing they've got going on because he does love the attention and vanity. Vanity is the one that'll get you. And wait till that Obama third term hashtag comes. You know, wait till oh, that comes. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's gonna be the one, but. We got to thank some people first and uh, appreciate some new money. I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me. It's not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh, most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I had not seen a woman as good looking as a $100 bill. There's something about a $100 bill that excites you. <laughs> And when that was recorded, that $100 bill was uh, worth $100, and now that's probably worth about $40, so <laughs> maybe even less. Uh, we love new money as well. Uh, we love your Fiat Fund coupons. We love the Satoshis at, with a new podcast app, but also uh, people who just send in whatever they can. Uh, it's the value that uh, that makes it work. It's the value that you a- associate with the show, which can be very different depending on how you value things in your own life. Um, I think personally... This show, this particular episode, it has a lot of value. Uh, we've we've gotten, and, and this has been the, mm, I think, one of the few, if perhaps the only episode where we fundamentally disagreed on a couple of things, uh, which has made it really interesting. Yes. So, uh, and so I, that alone, I think, is worth some tremendous value just to hear this. I'm going to listen to the show myself. Listen to these fine gentlemen talk through things. And we're going to thank Sherry Laurie, who produced us with $35.24. It's been too long. Value for value, says the Baroness. Love and light. Uh, a trusted influencer, 3333, says, please de-deadbeat me. Well, we like to comply. Oh, oh, what happened there? Oh, that's you interesting. Killed the deadbeat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let me see. They always oh, give me go. a biscuit on my birthday. No, that's not what I, <laughs> I didn't want that one. Here You're we go. Passing out biscuits. No, no, sorry about the biscuit. No, we had a little system error. Here we go. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Dirty, uh, dirty fader. 
It happens. Um, Benjamin Bateman, 3333, being responsible for yourself is an undertaking that most men do not want to be burdened with. However, we are beasts of burden. If we do not carry the weight that life puts on us, we will wander without purpose. Wise, so wise words, Benjamin. Susan Hinkle, $32. Thank you very much. Eric B, 27. Value for va- Hashtag value for value. I mean, pound sign, value for value. Pound sign. It's been too long since my last donation. I truly appreciate this podcast and lost tapes. I'll keep it short, and we appreciate that. Sam Schmuck, 2525 for the Cancel Cannon non-anti-ballistic defense package. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what he means by that, but uh, we'll play it because it's so cool to play. Uh, Aaron Stastny, $20, value for value, 90% sure GBG is already taken by Chicago drill rappers for Get Back Gang. So that might be a problem as far as GBG merch would go. (laughs) I'm sure the fax machine can come up with something. Uh, Brandon Rhodes, $20. Keep it up, fellas. Thank you. Edwin Torres, GBG, $20. Ray Aaron, thank you for the great MoFax with Adam Curry podcast. Hope all is well. I'm anxiously awaiting your next episode for 20 bucks. Thank you, Ray. Tracy, send us $20. John Siebert, also 20 Thanks, Mo. Thank you. Sharon H., this podcast gives me hope that people care about each other and want to live in peace. Thanks for all your hard work. Well, sure, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you for the $20 of support. Value for value 20 spot from Anonymous B. Anthony C., 15 bucks. Thanks for the show. Uh, Mark J. Asher gave us uh, two donations, uh, $12.18 and $3.12. And Alejandro Aloser says, thanks, Mo and Adam, with fourteen thirty three. And then we have Riley. Did you get Tracy and John Siebert? Yes, I think I did. Yes. Okay. I'll yes. just make sure. Both yeah. 20. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, Riley Bosworth, Mo and Adam, can I get a D dead beating and some Mo Karma at the end? Thanks for your deconstruction and M5M destruction. I'm a millennial that knows how to do math by hand and read analog clocks as most of us can. I truly appreciate Adam standing up for us as we tend to get blamed for everything other generations have failed to correct. I'm, I love working with millennials. This is my whole jam right now. It's trying to, trying to pave the way. I'm also a social work student and would love to update you on the latest list of genders and other things we have to skirt around, and we'd love to hear that. Uh, Love and Light uh, from Southern Maryland, Black Folk, we love you. All right, and uh, we want to be deadbeating NMO Karma. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. (laughs) You've got... And we'll round it out with Sam Williams, 1111 Merlin with 10, Vincent Farrell with 555, Douglas Coppage with 5, Johnny Hipwell with 5, Joshua Goodson with 5, Terry the Human Subscription, Keller, $4.11, and Indigo P uh, rounds it out with $3.33, and then we have to send a special health karma for Tiger Auntie and Lola, anything uh, to add to the what they need here, uh, Mo? Yeah, Tiger Auntie's getting her family's getting over the coof. Oh yeah, so you know, what I'm saying send some health karma their way, and, it's, and Lola is uh, still fighting her battle with the with the uh, the cancer. So we're, okay. we're praying that you're saying it's uh, uh, full recovery. You got it. <laughs> You've got. Mo Karma. That concludes our donations and producers for episode number 80 of MoFax with Adam Curry. We would love to have your support. It's incredibly important to keep this uh, project moving forward and going. And uh, and it's really for the lost tapes and everything that, that comes along with it. 
um, and all the stuff that the fax machine is working on. Please consider your support. Value for value, mofax.com, directly to the donation page at mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. Thank you for producing episode number 80. So I mentioned before that, well, you brought up the Stanford uh, speech. Mm -hmm. And that was the that was the uh final draft. He did a one at the Chicago U or University of Chicago, and this oh, is WGN huh. news, the local news that covered it, and it says the uh, former president Barack Obama was back home in Chicago on Wednesday with an urgent warning about disinformation. Six. A conversation with former President Barack Obama just wrapped up at the University of Chicago and how disinformation spreads, the war in Ukraine, among the number of topics he addressed. WGN political reporter Taman Bradley's there and he joins us now with more. Taman. Micah and Ray, good evening. The Atlantic and the University of Chicago Institute of Politics teamed up for this look at disinformation. It's a topic the former president says he spent a lot of time thinking about. Former President Barack Obama back home in Chicago tonight with an urgent warning about disinformation. The way I define disinformation is if you have a systematic effort uh, to either promote false information, um, to suppress true information, for the purpose hey, of political is obama high it, it, you know i think part of, i understand what you're asking part of it's the compression of the audio i think that it makes it really sound <gasps> sound like that not, not that i'm talking about <clears throat> how slow he is speaking and choosing his words very no, he was always known to be that flow Oh no, you know this this is an interesting observation in the in the Stanford cuz I watched the whole thing the Stanford speech. Mm-hmm. It was an hour long speech, really only 30 minutes of speech. He was doing 6 7 8 second pauses in between his his uh, sentences. I found it very hard to listen to and that's why oh, I brought it up like is what, what what I mean, like, is it long COVID? I mean, like, what what is it? I mean, that he has to stop and yeah, collect his words when he would like I said the, the true talent of him was like that flow and that vibe that he had when he was yeah, what well, you know information. Well, and I and I and I observe this, and it, it, he still has that flow. It's just he's in when he stops. He stops for a real long time. Like someone said, man, that's really impressive when you do that. <laughs> that's, that's, what it, that's what it feels like to me. Oh, man, you, you, that really gives you power and it makes you feel like you know, you, you're, just, you're, you're, the, you're the top dog of the world who can do that. You can make everyone wait and listen in silence for seven seconds. I just found it weird and very hard to listen to. Information. Um... To suppress true information uh, for the purpose of political gain, financial gain. The former president telling this conference held at the University of Chicago Institute of Politics that normal debate of ideas is fine, but systemic disinformation is destructive. 
Okay. For so financial so- gain. <clears throat> yes. I think that they really want to hijack corporate media and turn it to state media. It makes up things a hell of a lot easier. Um, they mm. don't have these problems over PBS, you know, <laughs> because this state is state funded. And I, I, I think that's the, well, you brought up, uh, Europe and saying, okay, we can, we don't want, we won't let Twitter in. You yeah. know, if you don't, yeah. we, I think that's what they crave is that uh, now he got me doing it. Is that <laughs> kind of control and power? <laughs> huh? Uh, so it's not about Twitter then. That's a very good point. Huh. And the okay, Robert Barons I, I, are buying up all the newspapers. Yeah. I mean, this is this yep. is what they did. I mean, um, what was the guy's name? Hearst? Yeah, Will Will Hurst. The, Randolph the, Hurst. The, we had Randolph. The, yeah, the uh the big newspaper. I mm-hmm. mean, he went and bought all the snoop small new pa- newspapers yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the similar thing. This is the printing press. <laughs> uh uh But they're gonna do so, it through regulation and legislation. I think that's the control mechanism the government wants. And and the corporate media is still corporate at the end of the day, and they want to make money. And s- severe oppression from the government is not good for business. Mm-mm. They've done this long enough. So let's go ahead and get to the second piece of this uh, clip. It is difficult for me to see how uh, we... We win the contest of ideas if, in fact, we are not able to um, agree on a baseline of facts. The former president also offered thoughts about Russia's attack on Ukraine. He said Vladimir Putin's aggression should serve as a reminder to the world that democracy is fragile. It is a tragedy of historic proportions. It is a bracing reminder for democracies that um, have gotten, that had gotten flabby. What's happening there is not isolated. um, What we're seeing is a reversion back to old ways of thinking about power and uh, place and identity. Mm. So Mr. Obama's answers for disinformation, for starters, he says America must grapple with the Internet's fascination for crazy. And he says there's no silver bullet. Mm. <laughs> so okay. We can't make no promises. Do you understand that we're going right, to fix it? Right, right. In true government form. So... When I heard this, and I heard Chicago University, that rung a bell with me, and we got to go all the way back to show five, and that was the Popeye's chicken sandwich uh, uh, and nudging episode. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Okay. Yeah, and this is Professor Richard Thayer, I think that's how you pronounce it, yep. and he's, from, he's a graduate of Chicago University, and he talks about nudging. Yeah, some people worry that uh, the idea of choice architects and nudging is somehow leading to Big Brother. And that's not the way we think about it. One of the points we stress in the book is that there has to be some choice architecture. 
So the person who designs that cafeteria downstairs has to put the food somewhere. The salad has to be in front of the burgers or behind the burgers. Given that you have to arrange the food in some order, we argue, why not have the choice architect arrange the food in such a way that people will be happier and healthier and maybe live a little longer? Choice architects. Yes, I'd forgotten that term. And the nut, so the nudge is the gas. Like, think this. Let me put this in front of you. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Right. Now what they want to put in is the brakes. This disinformation thing, like, okay, the choice architects are saying, okay, this is good for you. This is good for you. This is unhealthy. We can't talk about this topic. We want to shape this topic this way. And I think this is what you were talking about, the procedures <laughs> of the of the of the board. Yep. The governance board, I think this is it. They are choice architects. Because you remember, Obama's the one that brought the nudge. Uh, it was official. I forget the name of it, but the nudging uh, 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 wing of the government in. Uh, you mean the uh, after the Smith-Munt Act was? Uh... No, this is way before that. This is when he said, okay, we can bring in. Uh, they, were, they were basically saying we could do open propaganda. This this predates yeah. the the Smith Month Act because that was in twenty fifteen. Well, it was it was it was 14? it was um twenty twelve. It was uh, overturned or it was it was kind of nullified in the National Defense Authorization Act in twenty twelve. I, th- I think we're talking about the same thing because they removed uh, they overturned that, and so now it was possible to go ahead and and propagandize Americans. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a government organization that was doing the nudging. And then they kind of went private after Trump came in. They all went into the private sector. Yeah, I'm trying to, I, 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 this rings a bell. I can't, re, I can't remember what, what it was. What, what was the name? I can't, it it'll was, come back to the, me. But if it you was go the, listen to episode five, we talked about it in detail. Yeah, it was the nudge, you, the nudge unit or something. Yeah, <laughs> so I think this is, this is just another, you know what I'm saying, another piece of that. So now I have this piece from, this is from local, uh, five in Iowa, and this is like this is reaching the you know the masses, and I could have I could have made a supercut <laughs> out of at least seven or eight that I saw in the search um, review of local news pushing what explaining what disinformation and misinformation was and the difference between the two. But this one was special because they in, they include a, a third form of bad information. If you were to dive into the dark web, you'd find a lot of information you couldn't find with, say, just a simple Google search. And a lot of what's down there is simply false information. In recent years, that false information has made its way to mainstream platforms. Now, a simple Google search will show you ideas, thoughts, and movements previously hidden away from the dark corners of the Internet. To protect yourself against what's false and harmful, you need to understand how that information comes to exist in the first place and how it comes across your social media feeds. Now, there are three different types of content as identified by First Draft. That is an organization fighting to bring you truth on what you read and watch. Disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. Collectively, these three groups are known as information disorder. Let's start with the first. Disinformation is intentionally false. It's designed to cause harm. That's often backed by motivations to make money, to have political influence, or cause trouble just for the sake of it. 
The second, misinformation. That's also false content, but the person sharing it doesn't realize it's false or misleading. This is driven by socio-psychological factors. These people want to feel connected to their tribe, whether that's the same political party, activists for climate change, or those that belong to a certain religion, race, or ethnic group. Finally, malinformation. This is genuine information shared with the intent to cause harm. An example is when Russian hackers hacked the Democratic (laughs) National Committee and Hillary Clinton's <laughs> campaigns and emails. They leak certain details just to damage reputations. So before you hit or share or retweet, stop and ask yourself how that information came to exist and whether it's at all credible. It was the social. Hold on a second. I got it here, Mo. It's like it's a mouth. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. It's, it's yeah. the social and behavioral sciences team. Uh-huh. That's who uh, President Obama uh, used to get insights from psychology, behavioral economics, and other decision sciences to improve federal programs and operations, uh, also known as the nudge unit. <clears throat> That's, That's what it was. when he was in his first term, That's, first two terms. You're right. You're now right. he's in his third term. <laughs> this, like yeah. the, that was, you know, yeah. The, yeah. Wow. But this mal information, did you did you pick up on what they were saying there? Yeah, I had heard this. Um, I didn't like. I didn't think their example was correct uh, because that wasn't mal information. That was uh, that was true. <laughs> that was, it was real documents. So th- th- that's not what mal information is. No, but yes, it, that's that's exactly what it is. L- l- listen to what he said. He said it's true. It's genuine information. But you're using it to hurt people. Um, let me listen to that again, because there was <laughs> something in there that made me think differently. Misinformation. That's also false content, but the person sharing it doesn't realize it's false or misleading. This is driven by socio-psychological factors. These people want this for climate change or those that belong to a certain religion, race, or ethnic group. Finally, malinformation. This is genuine information ah. shared with the intent to cause harm. An example is when Russian hackers... Okay, all right. Now, the thing is, he's explaining malinformation mm-hmm. with disinformation because Russian hackers did not hack the DNC, DNC server. It was stolen from inside, most likely to Seth Rich. But he's justified to do it to save you from the malinformation. I understand. It, it's meta. This is their psychology. Is, but they it's okay. It it's they okay say, you know to what? do it. Yeah. It's okay to do it. It's okay to use any tactics. Yeah. No, these people look. I know bugs are bad. No, it's a tough. You know, saying tough pill to swallow to eat bugs. <laughs> but we're, we're we're making it popular, so it's for 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 it's good for you. Because if you go back and look at what the guy um, Thayer was saying, uh, let me get the name of his book one more time. It's the nudge, improving decisions about health, wealth, and happiness. So we nudge you because we love you. That's right. <laughs> These people tell you the truth because they hate you. Even though it's true, it's malinformation. And now we can start saying, even if it's true, we can ban it. Isn't, where, where do we end up? Yeah. The people who do that, I mean, so that inverse of, hey, when it's truth, that's really bad and they're trying to hurt you. But mm-hmm. we're lying to you because we love you. Isn't that literally the work of the devil? (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> it's got to be. Yes. It's upside down world. Okay. Or you. or they're playing God. Right. Let's just do that in in, in the inverse of that. Also a, saying, also a no no. Yeah. The which they're, they're saying, trust me, just like with Joy and Reed and Ushereen Mitchell. Right. They knew what they were saying was bad, but they're like, okay, but this will get Trump out of office. Yeah. So it's all justified. It's justified. In the end. Yes, of course. Yeah. So that's that's how they look at it. So that mal information, we got to keep an eye on that one. Um, but once again, I have some more clips of Obama, and this is uh, 33. So after years of dangerous disinformation being spread on social media, it is time for Silicon Valley Valley's unregulated days to end. That is the message President Obama delivered to an audience actually at Stanford University just this week, where he said, quote, people are dying because of misinformation. People like Putin. And Steve Bannon, for that matter. There it is. Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Now, I applaud the president's message, but I have to ask, where have you been? This is a speech that should have been delivered years ago and not on some random Thursday in April at a California university, but on a platform the whole world would pay attention to. <laughs> if, governor, if governor me harder daddy was a person, that would be it. Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> Where were you with the protectors? Yeah. Cover me harder, daddy. It's like, wh- what? Sick. It's sick. Would you ever think we'll be in a day where the media, especially the left-wing media, will be telling the government, yes, yes, govern us harder? No, no. But it's, I mean, the left is right. Right is left, up is down, red is blue. Who the hell knows who's who? Right. Or, or you have people, you know what I'm saying, on the right-hand side, you know, supporting Russia or don't want conflict with Russia. It's, it's, it's completely weird. And I know I say it weird a lot, but I don't know a better word for it. It's just, well, that sh- it just but that shows the that, brain. Yeah, that shows you that it's, it's not about conviction. It's about other things. And I would say money. Money drives a lot of decisions people make. That's our only hope. That's all we got. And that's sad. I mean, that's sad at the end of the day that it, that's why Twitter was, was sold. At the end of the day, if they could have somehow said, okay, we cannot sell it and not get sued and lose a bunch of money, they wouldn't have sold it. But it's kind of like that's why capitalism is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, I hate to say it, but like greed is good. I mean, <laughs> that's so bad to say, but that's the only logical thing we have left is, is if it's uh, monetarily beneficial or not. Everything else is just, is is propaganda. Yes, sir. All right, so let's go ahead and get to uh, People Are Dying Part 2. Our panel is back with us. Uh, Maya, correct me if I'm wrong here. Those are my thoughts. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we have a uh, disinformation pandemic around the world. Your reaction to Obama's speech? 
Well, A, I'm glad he gave it. I'm glad that he was fairly unvarnished. I'm glad that he actually... Hold on. <clears throat> Do you have, is there any more Obama in this clip? It was just them, uh, just them talking about it. I think they just even talking about it. All right, because I want to share. I want to share a clip that I that I clipped from this. Okay, that completely corroborates with him being in charge. The First Amendment is a check on the power of the state. It doesn't apply to private companies like Facebook or Twitter any more than it applies to editorial decisions made by the New York Times or Fox News. Never has. Social media companies already make choices about what is or is not allowed on their platforms and how that content appears, both explicitly through content moderation and implicitly through algorithms. The problem is we often don't know what principles govern those decisions. And on an issue of enormous public interest, there has been little public debate and practically no democratic oversight. Any rules we come up with to govern the distribution of content on the Internet will involve value judgments. None of us are perfectly objective. What we consider an unshakable truth today may prove to be totally wrong tomorrow. But that doesn't mean (laughs) (laughs) that gets better. Some things aren't truer than others. Some are truer than others. You know, you've got your alternative reality. Or that we can't draw lines between opinions, facts, honest mistakes, intentional deceptions. We make these distinctions all the time in our daily lives, at work, in school, at home, in sports, and we can do the same when it comes to internet content. As long as we agree on a set of principles, some core values to guide the work. So, in the interest of full transparency, here's what I think our guiding principles should be. The way I'm going to evaluate any proposal touching on social media and the internet. There it is. You picked it up on it immediately. The way I'm going to evaluate any proposal. (laughs) I mean, hello. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, man, you know, before I make a decision, I'm going to look at every single proposal. Before Before I give a judgment, before I discuss anything, I'll look at all the proposals. But no. Here's how I will evaluate what you will have to deal with. He's in charge. This is it. What I think our guiding principles should be. The way I'm going to evaluate any proposal touching on social media and the Internet is whether it strengthens or weakens the prospects for a healthy, inclusive democracy, whether it encourages robust debate and respect for our differences, whether it reinforces rule of law, and self-governance, whether it helps us make collective decisions based on the best available information, and whether it recognizes the rights and freedoms and dignity of all of our citizens. Anyway, I thought I'd play that to uh, corroborate your... No, no, (laughs) that's spot on to say unshakable truths today. It could be... Could be facts, not be not be not true tomorrow. Yeah, isn't that great? You got me on that. You got me on that one. Just, just think of that. I'm, but yeah. when I hear that, what I hear is, yeah, the 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 facts about the vaccine that we had, the information we had two years ago. Yeah, it was unshakable truths. But you know, 
as you know, as our learning increased, we found out, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's you not, can't hold that against us, though. Science, you know? science. All right, yeah. now we'll go back to uh, <clears throat> to the panel, the second part of the panel discussing uh, this very speech Obama. I know you actually no, you you don't even have to play that now. No, okay, <laughs> we've already. That, all right, we've already. We could just jump. We could right. jump straight to how you asked the question about how they're going to do it or, or who's going to do it. So I guess we can go ahead and jump into uh, 35. I think he reminded us that there's choices made in every piece of tech that gets built, in every piece of software that's compiled. If we can leverage those choices to be not around our anxieties and fears, but to be around hope, I think we can start taking the right steps in a direction that regulates what's happening in the world out there so that democracy is ensured for everyone. Some of it has to do with political and financial forces that are deliberately manipulating and spreading falsehoods uh, that can have, you know, really dire consequences. The, the good news is, I think, that everybody's identifying this now as a problem, partly because of what we've seen with the anti-vax movement online, what happened after January 6th, and the mythology that somehow last presidential election wasn't fair. They're seeing vividly in places like Ukraine the consequences of when you have dictatorships controlling information. Now what we have to do is start figuring out what are the solutions. It is unlikely you will be able to change those political structures immediately. That then connected with the broader conference and conversation I had on stage about disinformation, misinformation. Our goal in the foundation is to train the next generation of leaders and give them platforms and connections and, and make sure they're not isolated and that they're learning from each other across borders. And uniformly, they're all confronting these issues about how do I deal with misinformation in my country, in my town? How do I get access to the public so that they know the facts that are affecting their lives? And and so, you know, through the foundation, we're really soliciting from young people ideas and trying out a bunch of things. Ah, the foundation. Okay. The, the, the foundation. Uh, this came from the Obama Foundation website, uh, YouTube channel. And it's pathetic. Mm. It only had 4K <laughs> views. I mean, for you to be the most <laughs> popular president in history, <clears throat> yeah. your video had no comments and 4K views. This is why we're kicking their ass. And I just have to say it. They don't have any pizzazz. No. The biggest cap in the world or the biggest lie told in the world that everybody loves Obama. Nobody really cares about Obama. <laughs> this is why his podcast got canceled. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you say you let the, the pie father and, and a guy that never podcast before beat you. Kick your ass. And, Kick exactly. your and the And Bruce Springsteen. Kick That's both your they asses. Tapped out. They tapped out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. It's embarrassing. You do it. You do it. <laughs> Yes, and we didn't have that big team. What we got? Two laptops, some some gear, <laughs> a couple of strings, and some gaffer tape. <laughs> yeah. You got ta- you you tapped out. No, so that's why they're worried. That's why they have to control the narrative. That's why they get threatened when somebody goes and buys Twitter because they're getting beat by us. So you think somebody has a, a whole platform? And like I said, I'm not capable for Elon at all because. I can't get past the brain chip thing for me. And then the the the, the, the funniest thing was out of all of it was, and then we can get to the last two clips, is I had 
guys I know that are flat earthers mm-hmm. are pro Elon. It's like, hold on, what about that dome over the earth that you talk about? Oh, now you're Mr. SpaceX? <laughs> Not me. I'm consistent. Firmament first, baby. As above, no, so below. <laughs> firmament first. That's <laughs> no, but that's that's how crazy what crazy time we are that people are go against things that they are steadfast in to support the hot new thing and and, and and just to wrap up these last two clips i sent you a pdf and this is the uh house resolution one 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 uh five four uh would you like to read some of that uh before we get into these next two clips sure of what it is i don't believe i've seen this but here is um whereas oh this is a this is a resolution so yep. just to, so this is not a bill but a resolution me, resolution uh, yes a, a, res, a resolution is where um in this case the house of representatives uh is going to make a statement as to what they believe in, in on a certain matter and that uh will in some to some degree will <clears throat> determine their policy whereas october 2nd 2020 2020 Whereas throughout history, conspiracy theories that falsely blame secret cabals or marginalized groups for society for society's ills have fueled prejudice, genocide, and acts of terrorism. Whereas QAnon is a movement promoting a collection of unfounded conspiracy theories that have spread wild, widely on the internet since 2017. Whereas QAnon initially alleged that prominent Americans are engaged in a secret plot to control the world while using their power to exploit children and has expanded to embrace virtually every popular conspiracy theory of the last several decades, from questioning the truth about the September 11th terrorist attacks to believing in alien landings to denying the safety of vaccines. Oh, this is good. Whereas many QAnon (laughs) followers express anti-Semitic views and the anti-defamation... This is our show. And the (laughs) Anti-Defamation League has said that the movement's central conspiracy theory includes anti-Semitic elements. See three episodes ago. Whereas conspiracy theories have been a central driver of the anti-Semitism for centuries and QAnon conspiracy theories are fanning the flames as anti-Semitism is on the rise in the United States around the world. Wow. I've never seen this document. Uh, Mo? Well, not only see it, now let's go and listen to uh, how these people speak about fellow Americans. HRES 1154 from Representative Malinowski is a bipartisan resolution. It is co-sponsored by uh, uh, Representative Riggleman, Brian Fitzpatrick, Adam Kinzinger, Josh Gottheimer, and Elaine Luria. Um, And it is specifically about QAnon. QAnon is a movement promoting a collection of unfounded conspiracy theories that have spread on the Internet over the last several years. These conspiracy theories undermine public trust in our democratic institutions and our election process. QAnon initially alleged that prominent Americans are engaged in a secret plot to control the world while using their power to exploit children and now extends to a range of dangerous conspiracy theories. The FBI has assessed with high confidence that quote, fringe political conspiracy theories including QAnon, very likely motivate some domestic extremists wholly or in part to engage in criminal or violent activity, and that these conspiracy theories, again, this is a quote, very likely encourage the targeting 
of specific people, places, and organizations, thereby increasing the likelihood of violence against these targets. Oh, okay. Since that it was at the beginning, which was mm-hmm. by far, you know, the, the Q, just my opinion, having followed the QAnon movement, I guess, uh, quite closely, they put this up front in this, uh, this is all about QAnon, mm-hmm. to discredit the, the pizza party play. Yeah. And not not and not only that. We we have uh, we have a thing we say in uh in parlance. Uh thou thou doth protesteth too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's like, come like, on, what are you trying to prove here, people? And we have a thing in Proverbs in the Bible that says <laughs> yeah. uh uh what is it? an unsure man, a wicked man flees when no one chases. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, they, but this is fill in the blank because they said every popular <laughs> conspiracy in the last few decades. Mm-hmm. So fill in the blank they, that throws you in there, you flat earthers. That oh yeah, throws you in there. The people that question the election that throws you in there. You know, uh, it, I'm I'm, uh, su- I'm surprised that this isn't called the Adam Curry House Resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, this is House Resolution 1154, also known as the Crackpot uh, Resolution. The uh, Crackpot Resolution. But uh, they had to use a QAnon because that goes to January 6th, and that's the justification that yeah. these people are violent. And one last thing, if you could go down and list the crimes. Now, these are the crimes that yes, they that. listed yeah. as the being problematic for, from QAnon. It's like four of them, I believe. Uh, well, I should, I'll read a little bit of the preamble before because they okay. say... Uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has assessed with high confidence, high confidence, were they high when they came up with the confidence, mm-hmm. that fringe political conspiracy theories, including QAnon, very, quote, very likely motivate some domestic extremists, wholly or in part, to engage in criminal or violent activity. And uh, they list some of these. Uh, one, a man arrested in 2018 for plotting to plant a bomb in the Illinois Capitol Rotunda to make Americans aware of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. There you go. Two, a man arrested in 2018 for using an armored car to block bridge on the Hoover Dam bypass bridge. I forgot about that one. Three, a man in Arizona arrested in 2019 for vandalizing a Catholic church. Well, that's an odd one. Hmm. Four, a woman in Colorado arrested in 2019 for plotting an armed raid to kidnap her child who had been taken from her custody. Her child. Her own child. (laughs) Five, a man charged with the murder of an organized crime boss in New York in 2019. What? Isn't that supposed to be a hero? (laughs) Okay. Last time I checked. And a woman arrested in New York with a car full of knives after posting a video accusing Joe Biden of participating in child sex trafficking and threatening to kill him. Man, of all the things to, to... Wow, this this is you. This is their list of things that's problematic that caused them to have this house resolution. These people and got problems. Oh, it gets worse. Listen to how they talk about American citizens in that in this last clip. These are online conspiracy theorists who believe that the world is run by devil worshiping pedophiles. 
or that people like Oprah Winfrey or the Dalai Lama, who I very much respect, are killing people and drinking their blood in order to live longer. Unfortunately, these people do not leave their conspiracy theories to themselves or to their inner circles. They're online and they have committed crimes like murder and they have plotted to kill one of the presidential nominees, Vice President Joe Biden. Today, they spread a rumor that Joe Biden was wearing a wire at the debates. The FBI identifies this group as dangerous, whereas President Trump has called them people who love our country. If the President of the United States will not denounce this insane rhetoric, this cult, us as members of Congress must do. And I want to thank the ranking member for standing up against this cult. I urge my colleagues to support both of these resolutions, and I yield back. Hmm. Did this pass? Did everyone sign them? Uh, I couldn't find an update on it. But a cult. Bipartisanship. If you don't believe what the states want you to believe, yeah. you're in a cult. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> let me see. HR eleven fifty four. These see. are our politicians. Yeah, that that you say that they're supposed to work for us. No, no, you got no. Anything, anything no very, I'm just no. saying that, that's by in 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 the perfect world, they should be doing our bidding. But no, it's uh. Let me see. Uh, text uh, amendments co sponsors. Did it pass? Um, action. I can't find much on it. I mean, I found this clip in the, this was actual the hearing on YouTube, but I couldn't find any more information. I don't, how. I don't know if, uh, is that the one? No, that's something different. I don't know if that, well, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the timing of it, you know, right before the election mm-hmm. is, is very obvious what they're, what they're doing there. You know, what's interesting is that, and, and, you know, just our friendship is in, is also a part of it, but it's all of this crazy that uh, for me there's enough evidence to believe it's just the the evil the, the, and which is what I'm seeing Obama doing with the minute all of this stuff mm-hmm. that has brought that has because I <clears throat> the biggest conspiracy theory of all is God and I've been approaching the God conspiracy theory from the same way I can cons- approach everything else that I look at because mm-hmm. i'm a conspiracy therapist and one besides uh, having read um evidence that demands a verdict which really blew my mind um the whole the the amount of evil that i'm seeing in the world there has it has there has to be a counterbalance you can't have <laughs> and, and otherwise it would just all be evil and it's clearly not so that kind of literally drove me right into Jesus's arms, to be quite honest. And it's it's been very interesting to view all of this through that lens uh, or through believing. Yeah, because yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's the trend, right? I mean, of this, and, this, the, the, un, un, the un, I mean, the transparency of it. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Of just how transparent they are on, you know, blatantly, just blatantly open. You mean 
just open to the point where it's reshifting the the alliances, like with Tulsi Gabbard coming over to the Republican side and mm-hmm. CNN, mm-hmm. you know, pushing back the way they are. And, you know, it's just making for strange bedfellows, which I think we're past the old political divide and it's becoming a good versus evil kind of thing. And it's not all even about believers. You know, because you have some people that are just good people that aren't believers, but they're like, hey, man, this is getting crazy. You know like, right. But the, it's, it's a little too crazy for me. Right. But we sometimes you got to you got to fight something with different kind of weapons. Yeah. So. Ah, OK, Mo, changing everybody's life once again. This was a good one. I, I like now, with the, you know, we'll see what happens with Twitter. Uh, this will un unfold and things will start to take shape and we know what Mm -hmm. to look for because we have you know somewhat varying opinions but uh uh you know i love that we both nailed the whole coordinated obama ministry of truth uh you know the the disinformation board and the and and the governor of the board we both saw that we saw through that shit right away but i really like what you brought in now um uh with this backstory uh, and yeah, it's creepy now. It's real creepy what they're doing. And I think we both agree on this. I don't want, I want to, don't want people to get confused. There is going to be more control. Oh yeah. There, there is going to, don't get me twisted on that part of it. It's about they're fighting them. Who's going to have the keys. Is it going to be corporations or is it going to be the government? And I think this is the, this is the real battle that I see playing out which is why we hold the true keys to freedom and that mm-hmm. is uh the podcast and and we are completely free and clear of any of that mess uh there's technically no way they can really get rid of us or stop us there's no way they can you know that's why we we also accept bitcoin there's no way to to deplatform we are uncancelable and a lot of that is thanks to the producers um who we really appreciate for their support Yes, and I thank him very much. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And that may be sooner than we all know with this particular one. Can't wait to see. Hey, Mo, can't wait to talk to you in uh, two weeks. Have a good one, brother. All right, talk to you later, Adam. Remember us at MoFacts.com. 